0: (laughs) evening, everybody, and welcome to a Skanksgiving episode of Prospects After Dark on a Wednesday night, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, where all the skanks come out of their caves, gather around their lonely apartments and homes, and watch a bald, fat, dumbass talk shit on a streaming service uh good evening everybody and welcome to another episode of prospects after dark i am your host i am kyle reese there's no telling where we're gonna go with this tonight i can't imagine Uh, i know everybody's fired up about some of the recent acquisitions by the st louis cards uh cards cardinals cards cardinals uh so we'll probably get into that look uh let's get into it right let's let's get into what you're drinking what you're feeling what your soul is telling you about the evening, what your body wants you to feel on the top of a pillow as you grind it into sadness. Uh, Give me all of your things, all of your feelings, all of your hopes, your dreams, your emotions. Let's all have it and let's all share it tonight. Uh, We already have some pretty awesome comments. Uh, uh, Our good friend Zed, Zed says, Kyle is the Kyle Gibson of streaming about the St. Louis Cardinals minor league system. That's right. I've been around forever. Everyone else is better than me. I'm holding on, but what I do is I eat, and 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 every once in a while, I drop a little bit of knowledge that makes you happy. A great point. So uh, tonight, oh, wait, hold on. Tonight, we're going to get into it. Uh, Tonight, we're going to drink a couple different things, right? Uh, The first thing we're going to end up drinking is this Yingling Hershey's Porter. This is new in the St. Louis area, although it's been around for longer than my life, longer than your life. Longer than streaming services, so we raise our glass, our beautiful birds on the black mug. By the way, uh, to to Zed, Chic, ZX, Cheki ZX, uh, but to all the Pad people, welcome to uh, Prospects After Dark on a Wednesday night. Mm. I've got a little something special here in a second. Uh, Nolan says, "Time to talk about Yamamoto for two hours." Let's. I'm into it. Look, I'll talk about Yamamoto for two hours for two days straight. I don't really know much about him other than what everybody else tells me, and that's exciting. Uh, so, yeah, look, let's get into the Yamamoto. Uh, let's talk about the pain that Lance Lynn causes us. Let's talk about the pain that Kyle Gibson causes us. Uh, Cardinal's Gifts says, house music cuts. And then he says, lights go off. And I'm sure all of you know by now that the whole get up with gifts and We we like to play some music before we get going. Uh, and it's been fun to kind of incorporate you guys into it. Uh, you know, again, before we get into baseball, we'll get into a little bit of music. Tonight, we went back to back to back. We usually do a three songer when, when we really have time to get into it. And the first song that we started with, uh, we, we wanted to get a little bit uh, a little bit more modern, a little bit more what's going on. And the, it was Northern Attitude by Noah Cahan and Hosier, uh, whose names I'm both pronouncing wrong. Great version. Get the Hosier version. He comes into the second verse. It rocks. Then we had a little Davatchka. all the sand and all the sea. Pretty awesome. Then, of course, we finish with Fleet Foxes, one of my favorite songs, um, uh, the uh, uh, Blue Ridge Mountain, which will forever be one of my favorite songs. I got to see them live this year thanks to my wonderful girlfriend. She uh, flew us out to California, and I got to see them live for about 25 minutes. The whole funny story. We'll get into that later. But uh, to gifts, to gifts, I will open up my black box. Cabernet Sauvignon, uh, and I will open this up courtesy of Old Man Reese. To Old Man Reese, we talked about his dick last night on the Worst uh, Fans in Baseball podcast, which goes live tomorrow. So to uh, to my dad, to your dick, to my dick, to the dick of pad. Hmm. Who is not Cardinals Gifts, uh, but is me, actually. Mike Kurt says, I wanted Yamamoto, Imanaga, and Matsui. But that's clearly not in the cards. Imanaga and Matsui could still happen, though, right? Yeah, look, to me, and again, maybe I'm just a little optimistic. Uh, Maybe I'm stupid for it. I'm almost certainly stupid for it. But, look, I don't think it's unrealistic to think that the Cardinals are going to do everything they can to pursue Yamamoto. Uh, I I can't say for sure exactly how they're they're in on it because no one really knows. But, yeah, look, I do think that there's a really good chance that even if they don't get Yamamoto, they might get Imanaga. I, I still think that the early reports about them being interested in Matsui are accurate. I would hope so. Uh, you can never have enough bullpen arms and bullpen depth. So yeah, look, uh, let's. I understand everybody's still upset about the Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson signings. Look, it's not impressive. It's not great. I understand the want for upside there uh, from potential inning eater in, in, inning eaters. Uh, but a lot of times when you're talking about potential and upside, that doesn't always come with eating innings or, or, or guys who can eat innings. So uh my my thought is uh let's wait and see what happens there and also let's not call the off season over just yet you know sure we could end up all being disappointed like sean mania could mania could end up being the the next picture that they bring in and they could set up shop uh shut down shop or you know uh someone else and we can all be like this is the dumbest thing ever and be more outraged than we already are let's just see what happens right like the we we said it last pad. We said it on a bunch of podcasts, but the Cardinals are a bad team. The 2023 version of the St. Louis Cardinals are a bad team. And their pitching got shore up a little bit uh, these last couple of days, but not in a great way. Uh, they need to play better defense. The bullpen needs to be better and the starting pitching needs to be better. And it's not debatable. The starting pitching is better. It's still not good. Uh, it's still not as great as you would want it to be, but it did get a little bit better because the Cardinals starting pitching in 2023 was fucking trash. They're trash, but they're not the same little trash that the Cardinals ended up getting in 2023. Clayton. I'm hoping for an Edwin Jackson reunion. Clayton gets it, right? Give me, give me, I am very aroused. Uh, Shecky ZX says, uh, uh, g- going back to Clayton's point about the Edwin Jackson reunion. Yeah, look, you know, it's funny. Uh, I was thinking about it as, you know, Daniel Descalso enters the Cardinals coaching staff as the the, uh, the bench coach. Yeah, give me Kyle Loesch. Where's Kyle Loesch? Give me Edwin Jackson. Give me that whole Jeff Soupon. Give me... Uh, Yoel Pinheiro, give me all of these guys uh, that have ever played for the St. Louis Cardinals. Like, why, we're, we're so focused on Yadier Molina joining the coaching staff that we're not talking about the more important player joining the co- coaching staff. Where's all the love for Pete Cosma? How come we aren't lobbying for Pete Cosma to join the coaching staff the same way that Yadier Molina did? You ask me, Pete Cosma is a much more impressive St. Louis Cardinal than Yadier Molina ever was. Can't wait to see for somebody to clip that off and let the beefs come at me, even though I mean it completely joking. Jay Ferg. Whoa, that scared me. He said to Jay Ferg, we flipped the birds because he loves it. He loves it. Jay Ferg, welcome to Prospects After Dark, my man. I'm going to use you as a springboard to get myself a little bit of water. Mm. Uh, Cardinals gift says on a Wednesday night, uh, uh, Jeff Niehaus says he's drinking the old SNL standby. He's drinking a Schmitz gay. That's an all time. Great, right? One of the best SNL uh, um, uh, skits ever, but also, Nothing's wrong with getting your mouth on a little Schmitz gay. If, you know, you're going to have a good night. Aaron Johnson says, Yeah, Aaron Johnson. Now we're fucking talking. The Grave of Einstein says, Hey, Kyle, can't stay today. All I will say is that I require an Eric Fetty signing to uh, satiate the sicko port of my brain. Uh, uh, Yeah, look, I... I think that that's exactly what's going to happen, right? It's going to end up being like uh, uh, one of those American-born players that played in foreign lands, and he's going to end up being the ace of the staff with a 3.7 ERA and a uh, 4.2 FIP and just hoping hoping for the uh, the best, hoping and praying for the best. Graham says, sorry I'm late, my sugar kitten. Hello, my sugar cookie. Oh, Graham, we've got little nicknames for each other now. I want to be a little sugar kitten. I want you to be my little sugar cookie. Oh, my little Grammy cookie. My little sugar Grammy cookie. Oh, I love it. Hello, Graham. Welcome to Prospects After Dark. Uh, As we start to get into the questions, I want to ask your, not well, Graham, I would love to get your opinion on it. We talked about it a little bit in the pad chat, but uh, you know, If you guys can start removing your emotions from the shittiness of the two older players that kind of defy our own fan expectations, what do you guys think of it? If you can try to be as objective as possible? That's what I'm trying to be. Other than that, I love the chaos, and I love to see that Kyle Gibson and Lance Lynn were the first two people that the Cardinals brought in, along with Daniel Descalso as a bench coach. Like, how funny is that? Aaron Johnson says, Kyle, this is all your fault because you tweeted about the Cards just signing old pitchers. Yeah, at some point during this week, I was screwing around It was after the NOLA signing, I think. uh, uh, And I thought, you know, fuck it, right? Uh, Just sign the nine oldest players imaginable. Now, that that is me joking, of course. But there is something that I I do want to kind of get into. And I I don't know. Like, I'm sure that this isn't going to go over well with Cardinals fans. And and I get it. But, like, if you don't get Yamamoto, right? And we all have varying thoughts about Blake Snell. But I worry about the contract that Blake Snell is going to get. I think to myself, like... Are you really all that all that far off if you, as compared to like spending money and picks to just get like three guys who can eat innings? Now, of course, you want them to be more effective than what Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson have been these last couple of years. Uh, you know, Gibson two years ago and Lance Lynn last year. Yeah, you know, you, you want somebody who might be able to do more than that. I always go to Kentomyata because it's a lazy thing to do, really. Um, but I, I would argue that I don't know if I necessarily think with as many needs that the Cardinals have that. Spending a second-round pick, the 35th overall pick, or a top 40 pick, uh, and giving Sonny Gray a bunch of years is really the right move. It might be, and uh, who knows? It just depends on how you value that second-round pick, I guess, and however much money in years, years specifically, you're giving to Sonny Gray. But like even with Blake Snell, I I don't feel comfortable with that. Why not just go find a pitcher uh, that has some upside that might be able to eat some innings with a little bit of injury history that you can get for less money and a a couple fewer years and just roll with it and see what happens. And then address the bullpen a little bit and also not take away from the, the position player depth that you have, specifically on the infield, that you probably need to dish in order to get a substantial upgrade you know what is a substantial upgrade well that's all the pitchers in the for the mariners who they might not even trade probably won't even trade and dylan cease who a lot of people have questions about too so you know I, and tyler glass now but that's a whole different thing because he's on a one-year contract too and it, the, it sounds like his asking price is through the roof so uh, all of this is to just say yeah look i love being right when i'm being goofy and i don't want to be right and the nine oldest picture things, man. We're really, we are really working our way towards it. Uh, Dan Goki says, Drinking Whistle Pig, waiting on the coming of Sonny Gray. Yeah, you know, again, as I say that, like if I can en- en- enunciate kind of my thoughts a little bit better, by the way, first off, Whistle Pig rocks. I'm gonna go, uh, Black Box Cabernet Sauvignon, uh, for, for that to Whistle Pig. What a great whiskey! Hmm, well, uh, but my thoughts about Sunny Gray look. I don't think Sunny Gray is that much different when it's all said and done than Aaron Nola. He's older. Uh, you got to be careful with that. Uh, also, going to cost a second round pick. Got to be careful with that. You know, you'd rather have somebody a little bit younger if you're going to give up a second round pick, especially if you're only going to get him for a couple of years. Which ideally, uh, you're only going to get him for a couple of years. But you know, my thought with Sunny Gray is if he uh, signs for a two or a third year deal, a three year deal with like some type of crazy vesting option, then. Yeah, look, it makes the Cardinals better. It's, it's inarguable. It makes the Cardinals better. Now, in three years, he might be shit. He might be Steven Matz or Lance Lynn or Kyle Gibson or Miles Michaelis. But right now, he's not. And next year, he probably won't be. And then who knows what happens after that. So as long as you can get him on a few years, it's fine. And honestly, like I'm going to go back to the point as I started this offseason. The Cardinals pitching was so bad in 2023, and they they were so bad in 2023 That I am going to try to be as open minded about what they do because I don't I have I have such belief in that offense as uneven as it can be that I think that they can make up uh, some of the pitching deficiencies as long as it's steady if the offense is hitting to its capability and I think we're going to see that you know there's concerns about Arenado and concerns about Goldie and concerns about Contreras about Gorman about all these guys for sure you know even Walker even Newt Bart even Donovan Um, but All you can do is wait and see. And uh, granted, I want the Cardinals to get as many good pitchers as they can. I would, I would have, we all would have liked for Sonny DeGray to be the second or third best pitcher that they sign. But if he ends up being the first, the the best pitcher that they sign, as long as they continue to address other needs, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it, but we got to wait and see what they do. We cannot be reactionary. You know, uh, in the past, we've heard Mo, Mo talk about get, just be patient. And then that not pay off. Our patience not pay off. That can't happen again this year. Like, we can't keep being patient. You can't keep asking for our patience and uh, uh, getting it and us look like fools in the process. We look like fools already for being patient and half of us aren't even patient most of the time. People like me who are, we're not patient anymore. You, you have to show us what you got. You get a couple of months here to show it. Um, you don't have to show it in a week. But, you know, I would say that by the time we get through the, uh, the winter meetings in two weeks, There has to be something there. Even if you don't push hard, you know, you don't want to put yourself in a bad position at the winter meetings. You don't want to push hard. And all of a sudden you're giving Wilson Contreras an extra year, uh, too many, or trading for Marcelo Zuna. Uh, uh, What you you want to do is you want to just get to a point where you've addressed some of the concerns on your team. Uh, And now honestly, Gibson and Lynn kind of allow that like, You still have concerns, but you can go address the the real issues now that some of the back burner issues are taken care of. And I think they'll do that. We'll we'll see. They probably haven't done anything to earn my trust, but I'm going to give it to them because why not? Jake Ryan says, rate the available starting pitchers in terms of who you would most want to dock with. Well, it's so hard to say without seeing their dicks, right? Like, I want to see the dicks. I I want my dick if it's going to dock with another dick. I want it. Now, I... I am, of course, circumcised. You can tell by my face. I have a face of a circumcised man. And I want my circumcised penis to go into an uncircumcised docking situation. I think that's only fair, right? Like, uh, I I think all... Now, dicks should dock with all dicks. Black, white, Asian, uh, uh, all of it. Like, uh, circumcised, uncircumcised, gnarled, mangled, uh, 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 built from scratch. All of it. Like dock with who you want to dock with. But I believe that my penis is meant to dock with this, an uncircumcised penis. Now, my my penis, you know, uh, but it's, uh, I don't really have a good comparison because of how small it is, right? It, I would say, so, all right, I've got this one like thing of Pez, right? We all know what a Pez, uh, this will be great for the, the podcast because there's no visual, but uh, we all know what a Pez sleeve looks like, right? It's about two and a half inches. There's a smiley guy on it. That's basically my dick. Uh, this tastes like strawberries too. Uh, and I don't, it's upside down for the video, but, uh, what I would say is that this Pez, this delicious Pez, right? I want this to fit perfectly into my, my dick being this Pez. I want it to fit perfectly into the Pez dispenser of another man. And, and I don't mean his, his anus, right? Like, oh, but like, so you got baby Yoda up here, right? I want my perfect circumcised Pez to dock perfectly with an uncircumcised baby Yoda, uh, uh for the sake of my sexual and orgasmic enjoyment and, and i think that's important to me so whichever one has a, an uncircumcised dick that's at least twice the size of mine that mine would fit snuggly into that would be uh my number one and then after that all you have is a number one you don't have a number two or a number three after that cards cookie hello cards cookie says we're baking pies drinking hard cider and watching pad happy thanksgiving i'm glad i could talk about my dick as you did all those important things cards cookie you ha- first off Tell me what pies you're baking. Uh, I would love to know which brand of hard cider you're drinking if you're not uh, making it your own. And uh, thank you so much for being here. Look, I will raise my black box Cabernet Sauvignon. My dad asked for two two of these uh, for whatever reason. I got them too. I told him I got one for myself. He obliged. I told him I'd drink it on Prospects After Dark. So here we are drinking wine out of a box for the family. Hmm. Oh, hold on. Uh, Graham says, "Who is the next former Cardinal to rejoin the organization, whether it be player or coach?" I will say, I mean, Isringhausen is already part of the organization. I can't help but think that Jason Isringhausen is going to be uh, on the coaching staff. You know, I'm just assuming that they they um they uh, foreshadowed that move at the end of the year. Uh, so I will say it's Joe Kelly. I will say that the Cardinals bring back Joe Kelly, because why not? I mean, for real, it's a perfect fit. He's going to be cheaper than he ever was. He's going to cost less years. Bring in Joe Kelly. That's like the perfect thing for what the Cardinals need in the bullpen. I, I, sure, he might end up being uh, a, a wash or washed up, um, but maybe he's something else. Uh, who knows? I just don't think like, give me one year of Joe Kelly and I'll be a happy boy. Big old Buck says, I raise my glass to you. I like the signings uh give me all the arms need a top guy but we need innings and those two are better than what we had yeah that pretty much perfectly sums up my thoughts again you you would definitely want the cardinals to sign uh, more high end maybe younger pitchers uh to to eat innings but the problem is like you look at the free agent market are there really reliable arms uh, on the free agent market that you think you could get for a year or two to to eat innings or to get innings and sure you would want you know it's that old like what I said about Glasnow Last week, right? Like I would rather have 120 innings of Tyler Glasnow than 180 innings of Kyle Gibson, right? Like that's, that's just my own personal preference. So in a lot of ways, but the problem is you can't have a whole rotation full of Kyle Gibson's because of the injury concerns and the arm issues. You know, what the Cardinals have right now is they have three starters that feel reliable. Uh, Granted, it's not, it's not remarkable, reliable, but I feel like Miles Michaelis, even though he's had three somewhat bad seasons and two good seasons, I feel like he's pretty reliable. It's just a matter of how luck's going to gonna drop his way. I feel like Lynn's pretty reliable, although, again, not high end. I feel like Gibson is reliable, not high end. I feel like, honestly, Matt's, what I call the, the Matt's Thompson split, I feel like I, I have a good feeling what that is. Now they just need something else. They need more, and they know they need more, and we'll see how they address it. Uh, they, again, just like you said, big old buck to you, I'll raise my, uh, my, uh, yingling Porter. Uh, um, but yeah, look, I, I think that they need to continue to, to address these things. Ah, doobie doobie doo. five, five, five says, I simply can't be here the whole stream because family, but toasting you real hard. Our beautiful pad father, uh, to you again. Um, to you, we'll, we raise our glass, uh, of, of yingling to all of the pad people, to our pad father, uh, Jason Hicks, Jordan Hicks, Jennifer Hicks, to the Hicks family, to a uh, doobie doobie doo to all the pad people. We raise our glass. Graham says, shout out to Ashley. Uh, Ashley and Leo Crow, my girlfriend and her son. We love them. We love them with all our hearts. Uh, Adam McBonnie, our good friend from uh, Viva Alberto, says, black boxes are so fire. Look, I'll go after this one more time for you, for all my uh, my Viva Alberto friends. Uh, Jason Hill, Adam McBonnie, Blake Newberry, uh, 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 Mr. LaRue, uh, everybody who I'm forgetting, uh, uh, Scooter Simon. Uh, I, to all of you, like I raised my glass. You guys rocked Adam. Adam rocks. Look, Adam has a, a mind for this. So g- get to, get to Viva, get to Adam, get to Jason, get to Blake, support them. They rock. Oh boy. I'm just going to leave that untethered. Uh, cards, gift says, cheers to you. Gifts. Cheers. Uh, Z ed says you could eat my innings. Uh, you and, you and me flirt, baby. You and me flirt. And one time I'm going to eat all your innings. I'm going to eat your innings from the inside and from the outside. And then I'm going to vomit them up and I'm going to go after them again because all the flirting we do, it's just not enough. We need more. Graham says, add an other starter. Yeah, yeah. But what are they going to do about the bullpen? Exactly. You know, Graham, that, that sums up my thoughts. You know that. Like, I, I don't like, I, I just feel the Cardinals are still needing so damn much. Like, so damn much. And uh, I I don't know how close they are, even if they, like, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I, I do think, like, say that they had miraculously spent $900 million on Yamamoto and Nola and Snell, right? But, but arguably the three best pitchers on the market. Do you still feel like that makes them a World Series contender? I don't not with the defense being as shitty as it was in 2023 and the bullpen being inconsistent. Now, I love Ryan Helsley. I'm not going to beat up on Ryan Helsley, even when he was hurt and bad last year. Uh, You know, I worry about Gallegos. I think the left side could be interested with, with JoJo and Libertor. But there are real issues that the Cardinals still have. And even if they got like the three best starting pitchers, I don't necessarily think that that really answered all of their questions the way that that it would seem on the surface. Now, again, that's not to justify the signings of Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson instead of going with maybe some higher quality. Uh, uh, but you got to get innings, and it's 162-game season, and we talked about this on pad last week, and you just have to see how it goes. Uh, I, I, I hate to be like that. And, again, it's probably not going to work. Uh, the reality is if you're playing the percentages it's probably not going to work the way the Cardinals want it to work. Uh, but what I know is that they also don't have a lot of minor league ready starting pitchers. Maybe Graceffo, maybe Graceffo works in the bullpen. Uh, McGreevy isn't. Rebers- Rebersa isn't. Uh, Kloffenstein isn't. Um, hence, Roby, Jerpy, these guys aren't. At this point, they are not. Maybe they make progress in the next six months and get there. But they're not. So you don't really have reserves. So you need to have innings covered. Otherwise, you're just going through the same rigmarole that you went through last year, and you're doing it from the get-go. So uh, again, give me high end for sure. Hopefully, they're still working on the high end of the pitching market in order to address uh, their starting pitching, which they still have issues with. And we'll see where they go from there. But to to Graham's point, until the bullpen gets sorted out, I don't really care what the starters are. Uh, That's why having innings is important. Christopher Malkus says, since Lynn is here, I need Joe Kelly now just for the -the off-the-field entertainment. Yeah, look, look, we all love Joe Kelly. We all love Lance Lynn. You know, there was something kind of missing from the 2023 Cardinals. And that was, like, other than Lars Newbar, there was no fun there was no like goofy eccentric personalities, you know. Wayno's Wayno, Ueno, and that's that's Wayno being Wayno, and he's the best. He's just the best. He's 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 wholesome to, as the Dickens, wholesome to a T. And I think I think what we have with Lance Lynn is a great personality. Now, from all indications, Gibson's a lot like Wayno, so that's kind of like a one for one. You know, I think people might say Lynn is kind of like Yachty because he's hard nosed and kind, but he's a, he's a little goofier than that. And I think that that's good for the clubhouse. You know. I think that there need we we know from hearing Ali and we all just kind of go to Tyler O'Neill because O'Neill uh, didn't you know the whole available the best of, the best ability is availability O'Neill didn't really show that last year and he hasn't really shown it in his career consistently. Uh, but I think that there's a clubhouse issue. We heard Mo talk about it during the season. We heard Ali talk about it during the season. People forget like one of the things that Nolan Arenado bitched and whined about during the season was not having uh, uh like winning. like a winners in the clubhouse and at least Lynn has done some winning at least uh Gibson's done some winning yeah and these are like the kind of guys that I mean granted I'm sure Arenado would want the three best pitchers on the market but this is exactly what like Arenado even bitched about himself uh so we'll we'll see Carl Hunnell says if Lynn and Gibson are the fourth fifth starters, would you be okay with adding them yeah look I I am perfectly look I will tell you right now I am perfectly fine with a three four five of Lynn Gibson and Michaelis, I, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it because it's a good thing to go into the season with. It's not a great thing to finish the season with unless they've earned to finish it. And I think that's where they put themselves with those three at the back end of their rotation. Now the issue is Mats slash Thompson is not going to be a two. It's just not. So that puts the pressure at the front of, of the signings. And sure, maybe maybe you can get away with Michaelis as a two, uh, and then uh, Matt Thompson as a three, and Lynn as a four, and Gibson as a five. But as long as Gibson are a four and a five, and the rest kind of sorts itself out, uh, then I, I think you're you're fine. The other thing I want to remind people is I have a very strict standard, a very, a very high-quality definition of what I believe a, a number one is, or a number two, or a front of the, the – front of the rotation, or an ace. You know, in my book, to be an ace, you have to be on a Hall of Fame track. If you're not on a Hall of Fame track, then you're a one. And honestly, like, a one is Zach Wheeler, just to show you, like, my view of a one. I also think Aaron Nola is a two. He's a high-end two, but I think he's a two. Blake Blake Snell can be a one. He can be an ace, but he's probably some level of two because of all the question marks. Sonny Gray's a two-three. You know, Miles Michaelis, a three-four. Uh, Lance Lynn, a four-five. Gibson, a five-six. Uh, Matt's if he's good is a three, four, uh, Zach Thompson could be a three, four. That's why I always put Thompson and Matt's together. Cause they're kind of like interchangeable and Matt's is going to get hurt. Thompson's good. You're going to need Thompson to fill those innings. So that's all to say that like things could work out, but you have to get somebody that you know, can eat it, can eat innings, but do it at a high quality. And for a couple of years and has a track record of it for the front of the rotation, uh, again, like potentially gray on a short, ter- shorter term deal or something like that. Uh, uh, in order to have a successful offseason. That might be Yamamoto. It might be uh, uh, someone else. But, you know, we'll see where it goes. I definitely think that they're if they don't address that, and you know, I love Kenta Maeda, again, a 3-4, potentially a, a two type if he's healthy. Like if it's Kenta Maeda, that's not enough. I will be happy with it because I think it's going to be a fascinating thing to watch throughout the year, especially if it's only on a one or two year deal. Uh, Shamanea isn't going to be that because there's so many injury concerns as there are with Kenta Maeda, but like if they go in that direction, then it's probably a failure. But again, let's wait and see. Uh, Adam Keel says, stop being optimistic and let me complain. Darn it. No, look. And that's the other thing. Like, I am, I am torn about all of this, right? Like, I see it from a practical standpoint, and I see it from the fan standpoint, and I also see it from my own standpoint. Look, if if I'm not trying to be rational about it, and if I don't put myself in John Mazalak's shoes, I'm going to tell you right now, I'd be, I'm disappointed as a motherfucker. Like, what are we doing with Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson? Like, what are we doing? But... When I let my emotions get away from it and I step back, like, you can see it. And then when you start thinking about how bad the Cardinals were in 2023 and all the areas that they need to improve in, start thinking about the bullpen. It's like, yeah, I get what they're doing. And the other thing is this allows them the chance to focus on the top-end starters and not have to worry about the other pitchers coming off of the market uh, while they're working on the the, the top of the rotation. Again, they probably need – Two arms at the top. It'd be nice to bring in two more. That's not going to happen. So you focus on the one, and you see how what it looks like here in just a couple of weeks. Adam Keel also says, give me Alex Reyes. Yeah, sure. Sure, absolutely. Green Pete 506 says, skanksgiving pad. That's right, baby. Look, we've got a pretty tame skanksgiving pad so far. But I think we're a half an hour in, and things are going pretty well. I hope everybody's enjoying themselves. Uh, to the Hershey Highway we go. I'll tell you that. Yingling Porter is really damn good we've got a uh, i don't have a bottle opener. uh we have a second one here in case i'm almost through that in case i get through that because i'm almost through that going back to adam keel's point look speaking of former cardinals got bring back hurt alex reyes bring back shelby miller trevor rosenthal i think was trying to pitch bring him back give me all of them i want them all uh, on a serious note give me all the pitchers any find any arm you can uh, like like the o'brien fellow that riley o'brien Find me all those guys. Bring those guys in. Bring in Zuniga. You know, they, they re-signed Wilking Rodriguez to a minor league deal. I love that. Find me all the Wilking Rodriguezes in the world. Get them on minor league deals, uh, and let's see where it goes. Grave of Einstein says, I will say before I leave for now, they had a $60 million budget. They now have $35 million. Yamamone money is right there. Now, we gave them a $60 million budget. I doubt they have a $60 million budget. I think their budget's probably closer to... $50 million, but $25 million a year is still there. Just keep in mind with, with Yamamoto, that is a pretty goddamn big uh, price tag in, in the form of a posting fee you're going to have to give, too. Uh, and that comes right off the top. So, you know, there, there, there might not be Yamamoto there, money there, but, you know, maybe there is. Maybe they can make it all work. Who knows? You know, you have to figure they save money towards the end of last year, and maybe they can roll that into what happens uh, this offseason. Josh, Josh Thompson says, what's up, S? What's up, B? How are you? Uh, What's up, Skank, I think is what the S is supposed to be. Adam Keel says, objectively, I'm happy they jumped the market and will avoid a season where we are forced to start with Thompson, Libby, McGreevy, Graceffo, regardless of results. Yeah, and, you know, that's the other thing is, like, you won't have to immediately fall back to those guys, too, which is a huge positive. Uh, And, you know, maybe a couple people get hurt and then in spring training, and then all of a sudden we're talking about Thompson and McGreevy and Graceffo in the rotation, but... As of right now, you're doing everything you can to just continue to make those guys depth instead of something that you have to rely on or might need to rely on, and that's a positive. Nolan says, honestly, fine with Gibson and Lynn because I'm not sure which other starters on the market will only get one-year deals. Yeah, with team options, and I'm sure there's buyouts. I didn't see for sure. Probably a couple million or a mil buyout for each for next year if it doesn't go well. But yeah, look, I I am fascinated at the idea. I would love to see a team like the Oakland Athletics or the Las Vegas Athletics or whatever they're going to be Uh, Or, you know, like uh, the Miami Marlins, uh, a team that views themselves as small market, like the Indians, how fascinating would it be if the Indians are the pirates every year went to the, went to the free agent market and just bought the five veterans that they could for one or two year deals and just see how it goes. I would, I would love to see how that would work. I mean, it'd be fascinating. And of course it, it wouldn't hold on for long, but how cool would it be if it did work and somebody and somebody did that year after year just go to the free agent market bring in five new pitchers go to the free agent market bring in five new pitchers bring in four if you've developed pitching like I on on short-term deals I think it's a fascinating uh um exercise to like play out in your brain Carl Hundel says descalso is a great bench coach few knew it better than him uh yeah look he's a reliable he look I, I I keep saying, look, I don't even know what I'm telling you to look at. By all indications, Daniel Descalso is a highly respected baseball mind, not only in the Cardinals organization, but uh, from people outside of the Cardinals organization. So that's good. It's good. Again, I think I think the bench coach's job, as we learned from Skip Schumacher, who is a good manager at the major league level so far in one season, but so is Ollie normal, is... The bench coach's job is to balance out the coach. You know, skip used to see Skip and Ollie laughing all the time. They'd pan the camera, and they'd be laughing and joking and smiling with each other. You didn't see that with Ollie last year. He just didn't have that relationship with Joe McEwing. That's what Daniel Descalso needs to be. Uh, we heard Daniel Descalso on the radio today on 101 with Brandon Kiley uh, and uh, 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 Mr. Ferrario um, on BK and Ferrario. Uh, they they had Descalso on, and he was like, look, I'm not just going to be a yes man. I'm I'm... I'm going to question. We're going to have dialogue. We're going to have communication. We're going to try to get to the best answer we possibly can. And that's perfect. That's what you need out of a bench coach. But I know from coaching Little League and a league that didn't really even matter all that much, that you can't help but be tense when you're when you're pulling and rooting for players uh, and, and kids that you love, like like little brothers and, and brothers because some of these guys are older than Ali Marmol at this point. But I think that you need somebody who can balance you out and keep you light. And when you have that, it's a positive. And hopefully, that's what Daniel Descalso is. He's a good planner. And hopefully, he can keep Ollie from losing his fucking mind because Ollie's at his worst and the team is at his worst when Ollie's lost his fucking mind. Josh Thompson says, What's up, you Spatchcock and stud? If you had to pick one Cardinal player to invite to Thanksgiving dinner, who you picking? Lance Lynn. Are you kidding me? The amount of effort that Lance Lynn would put into eating would be marvelous. And you know he'd be fucking hilarious. You know he wouldn't take any bullshit. It's Lance Lynn. And also, how about this? Let's cheers to Josh Thompson. We love you, Josh. You're the best. You know I love you, Josh. You know I love holes, Josh. Uh, I I raise my glass of booze to Lance Lynn, who is back to being a St. Louis Cardinal. And sure, even though he's probably going to be shitty, it's Lance fucking Lynn. And that's cool. And I like it. To Sir Lance a lot. My brother Jim texted me a couple seconds ago. Let's see what he has to say before we get to get to uh, Graham. Jimbo says, I have to subscribe to Premium to chat. I don't know what that is. Hold on. Uh, let's do talk to text to Jimbo. Jim, comma, just go to the Birds on the Black YouTube page. It's streaming live from there, and you can just talk like the Dickens through that. I don't know what the fuck Elon's doing with Twitter anyways. Period. All right, we got Jim taken care of. Graham says, "I love that Lynn and Gibson signing as much as I like the Montgomery and Quintana trades." I'm kind of with you. It's a it's a whole different aspect, right? Whole different venue to uh, a whole different avenue to bring those players to St. Louis. But you know the Montgomery trade was awesome at the time and it turned out to be great. Quintana trade was awesome at the time and, and it turned out to be great. I was kind of critical of the Quintana trade. You know, I didn't think it was the right time to trade, uh, Malcolm Nunez and Malcolm Nunez completely shit the bed last year. So that was something I was wrong about. And Oviedo are and uh, yeah. Johan Oviedo had a really solid, albeit unspectacular season. Uh, uh, oh, you're fine, Jim. Uh, Jim says, righto sorry to bust your vibe. Uh, Bust my vibe, Jim. Bust my vibe. Uh, But yeah, look, uh, Oviato had a good year, but he's hurt now, so we'll see what happens there, uh, albeit unremarkable or unspectacular. So, again, it's all about how you pivot and how you adjust. And I bust the Cardinals' balls a lot for not adjusting in-season, but Truth be told, the last three years, they've kind of adjusted perfectly in season, you know, uh, trading what they traded last deadline, trading for what they traded for the prior deadline. And even the year before the prior deadline, sometimes it's unspectacular. Sometimes it's fine. Sometimes it catches you off guard. But, you know, uh, it's they've actually done pretty well at adjusting in season. Carl, how drunk is Arenado getting tonight? Lynn Gibson. Look, my guess is that uh, Lynn gets pretty hammered. I don't know about Gibson. He seems like Wayno, and Wayno doesn't seem like the type he would get hammered. And Arenado, you know, he's got that one year old or whatever. I don't think there's any way Arenado's getting drunk. But hopefully, Lance Lynn and myself are doing enough for the rest of them. Dan Goki says Fuck Mary Kill Thanksgiving Sides Edition, mashed potatoes, green bean casserole, cranberry sauce. So here's the thing. My first thought is cranberry sauce being the stickiest of the three. I worry about what that means for my loins. Uh, as I continue on through my night, like, yeah, sure, I, I would like to go fuck cranberry sauce in the bathroom, but the problem is then you got that cranberry sauce, and no matter how much you wash out, you know, you're going to have some fucking little bit of sticky substance down there that isn't just cum, it's cranberry sauce. And sure, I'm used to dealing with cum all over my loins all the time, uh, but the cranberry sauce on my loins would be tough to deal with. So I probably have to, I probably have to kill the cranberry sauce. So what are you marrying? Are, as compared to fucking with the green bean casserole or the mashed potatoes, for me, I'm fucking the mashed potatoes, right? I feel like you could endlessly fuck mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes would be cool with it. You could do whatever you want. You could do a, 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 a mashed potato boat, uh, motorboat those mashed potatoes. And I think you have to marry green bean casserole, right? Old reliable. Uh, it's got it's, like its, own, its own food pyramid, right, at that point. Yeah, you can't ask for anything more in a wife or a husband than green bean casserole. David Simpson says, wait, they sell individually packaged box wines. Yeah. So it says, I think it's supposed to be two and a half cups of wine. No, it says it's 500 milliliters, which is supposed to be three glasses of wine. I don't know how they measure a glass. It's one glass for me, but yeah, look, uh, so like at the Schnucks where I shop for my dad, it is, uh, by like the Cutwater drinks, and uh, by the boxed wine, it's just in these small ones. And the, it's actually really good. Like our buddy Adam Bonney said, the black box red wines are fucking spectacular. Even the white wines are pretty good. So to uh, the Red bo- the black box family, red box is surely a porn site. Uh, and if not, then, you know, shout out to Red Tube. Smitty says, if they get Yamamoto and trade for Glasnow, move Matt to the bullpen, what would you think? I think... That'd be more than an A+. I don't know if you could have had a better offseason if you had tried. None of that's going to happen. Look, my guess would be that if they get Yamamoto, they're done with the starting pitching. Uh, but but who knows? But no, like, Smitty, to your question, we'll just answer your question. Uh, if they get Yamamoto and trade for Glasnow, move Matts to the bullpen, what would I think? I think anybody who wouldn't think that as as good of an off season as you could possibly have is out of their fucking mind. And their opinion doesn't matter anymore when they talk about Cardinals uh, because they're stupid. Uh, That would be as good as you could possibly hope for in an off season. Uh, Will it happen? No, no, look, that's, that's not going to happen. I'll tell you what, one thing that I'm fascinated by. If they bring in another starter, are we hundred percent sure that they, Steven Matz is, is penned in like, The at the deadline last year, wasn't there interest in Steven Matz trading for Steven Matz from other teams? What if the Cardinals get to a point they bring in another starter and some team is looking for Steven Matz? Trade Steven Matz, use that money to bring in another starter, maybe someone like Kentamayeda to go with the top end starter that you got in Lynn and Gibson. And you know what? You're probably pretty good. The only thing I'll say about Glas now, right? If you if you have to trade one season of Gorman and, and addition, or if you have to trade Gorman and additional assets for one year of glass now, then I don't like that. But if we're looking at it in a vacuum, if we're just talking about these additions without what the subtractions would be, there's no way that you could have scripted a better off season. Just that, just that simple. Carl Hunnell says MD 2020 in a box, please. The original grape. Oh my God, Carl. So MD or MD 2020, right? Uh, Classic. Everybody's been sick on MD 2020 at one point. Now, my first experience with MD 2020 was the Kiwi Lime version of MD 2020. And I drank the whole bottle, and it's the closest I've ever come to throwing up from drinking. True story about me, I've never thrown up from drinking ever. Uh, and you guys know I'm I'm disgusting. I am I have a problem we need to work on, but I've never thrown up, not once even though i've been blackout drunk more times than i'm i'm comfortable admitting and it always turns out that i've done something really fucking stupid when i'm blackout drunk haven't had one of those in a couple years thank god for that um but yeah so uh to to mad dog 2020 if it was in a box we'd be drinking that tonight uh but instead we're gonna do a cheers to mad dog with a different booze the black box cab sab because you know cab sab Our good friend Clayton says, is Michael McGreevy the next Dakota Hudson? Hopefully, I think Dakota Hudson, and as terrible as he was even when he was putting up a good ERA, is as good as you could possibly hope for with this version of Michael McGreevy. Now, again, it comes with the caveat that a player can get a lot better in an offseason. Michael McGreevy has tremendous arm talent. He has a quick arm. He has a, a feel for pitching. So if he can just maybe add some velocity and continue to find the best use of his arsenal, then maybe he is more than Dakota Hudson. Maybe he is that Shane Bieber somewhere down the line. Right now he's not. Right now it's hard to even imagine him being uh uh PJ Walters, you know, or or somebody like that, you know, a Luke Weaver, uh somebody like that. That that would even right now, like that would be incredible. It, I don't think he's ever gonna be that, but he could, and we'll see how he is after this offseason. I think this obviously this is his critical offseason. This is his 2022 offseason that Matthew Libertor had. He's going to have to try to make the most of it he can. And he's, and you know, the other thing with him is he's going to have to show that he can consistently get to mid 90s velocity if he's going to be a bullpen arm. And that was something we had seen on of Libertor that we had not necessarily seen out of McGreevy just yet. That gives you confidence that maybe Lib has a potential to be a bullpen arm. go Victoria. Hello, Victoria. If I had coffee, I would cheer to you. So I'll do the, the closest thing I have this mug of beer uh the the yingling hershey porter got some of that um to you it's black in here it looks like coffee to you victoria i hope you are doing very well happy thanksgiving to you and your family to the girls uh you're you're just the best i should probably drink some more water i feel like i've just been doing cheers with booze uh seth says the cardinals are fucking cooked think there's any chance at a number one pitcher I don't think that there's a number look I'll be honest with you and I've said it out loud I don't think there's a number one pitcher on the market that's available I don't think Blake Snell I think he can be a number one uh but I don't think he is I don't think Sonny Gray is a number one I don't necessarily know if Yamamoto is a number one could be might be the translation from stats might say he is I don't know if he's a number one to be honest with you Dylan Cease has been a number one Wasn't a number one last year. Might not be a number one moving forward. Uh, Sonny Gray isn't, we just said. Blake Snell shows signs. And then, like, Tyler Glasnow could be. Has the potential. Doesn't pitch enough to be. We'll see. I think what you have is a lot of tier two pitchers. Because in my mind, there aren't a whole lot of tier one pitchers in the first place. So, uh, no, I I would say there is not much of a chance. Unless you view, view Yamamoto as a one. And then I do think they're in on Yamamoto. I don't know if they'll get him. I think there's a lot of things that have to break their right way. Exactly. But yeah, uh, I, I don't necessarily think that unless there's a picture that we've talked about that a number one is out there. I think there's just varying levels of number two that can flash. Number one, Bill Franklin says that would be embarrassing going into a docking situation and find out that the other party is circumcised. Like you, can you imagine, can you imagine the embarrassment I live with between my legs every day? Not only is it small, but it's, it's cut It's got a weird head on it. You know, the helmet talk is for real. It's, I I was going to try to justify my, my helmeted uh, head, but the truth is there's no justifying it. It's just, it looks like a, uh, you know, the turtle head, it doesn't look like a turtle head. It, It just looks like if you, if you set an army man on fire and push it into the ground and then let it cool. That's what the tip of my dick looks like. And it is embarrassing. Absolutely. Bill Franklin, Jake Ryan says, I could not have asked for a better answer to my question. Good. I'm just here to give great answers to questions about dicks. Carl Hundle says I would I would worry less about the gods and more about the fury of a patient man from Ragnar Lothbrok. Uh yeah, Carl, look at you dropping some knowledge to uh, uh, Ragnar Lothbrok. I, is that from um? Uh, is that from uh, Vikings? Is that what that show is from? And also, what a great a great lesson. I would worry less about the gods and more about the fury of a patient man. Great, great stuff there, Carl. Carl Carl's fan 0213 says should the cards be smart and lock up Walker early like the, the DB did with Carroll the Diamondbacks did with uh, Corbin Carroll I'm not opposed to it I will say it would make more sense to lock up somebody like Corbin Carroll than Jordan Walker because of the all-around game like there's just a sureness to what Corbin Carroll does from an all-around standpoint now I'm going to make a comment about Wander Franco on the diamond that does not apply to him outside of the diamond. But if you if he was a, a real human being and not a complete piece of trash, then he would have. he's a, a good player to, to lock up. The problem, again, terrible human being. I hope we never see him again if the allegations are true. It appears they're true. Uh, he can go get fucked wherever he's at. Uh, but Jordan Walker, the issue with him is that there are big holes in his game. He runs the bases kind of like an asshole sometimes. He plays the outfield kind of like an asshole sometimes. And if he can just get that shit, like we saw in the minors, we saw that he has the 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 uh, ability to be more than just uh, a sketchy rookie outfielder and base runner. If he can get back to what he the promise he's shown the minors, which I believe 100% he will, then maybe you lock him up after next year. Maybe maybe it is too late at that point. Maybe he has an MVP-type caliber season, which I do believe he has the capability of, of getting to. I don't know if it'll be next year. Uh, but, but maybe you wait a year, you see the gains that he's made defensively, and then you do it. I don't necessarily know if right now is the time to do it. Not unless you get a deal that you cannot refuse uh, uh, from a cheap standpoint. Emmett Smith fan says, I see them going Imanaga, Gray, and trade for Glasnow. Yeah, Emmett Smith, that would be incredible. That would be a great offseason as well. But again, right now, focus on one of those three guys. I would imagine the Cardinals focuses on one of those three guys, along with Yamamoto in there. Uh, Probably not Snell, but maybe they're into Snell. Who knows? Uh, I I still think they're very much operating on the high end of the pitching market. And it's just a matter of how that all shakes out. But they're not going to get Imanaga Gray and Glasnow. They're probably not even going to get two of those guys, uh, not unless they're all taking less money and less role than, uh, than any of us realize. Now, I want to say this is, this gives me a good opportunity to tell everybody that I'm about a half an hour behind. Uh, so right now, I'm going to answer a question from Carl Hunnell that was at 7.56. It is currently 8.26. We're 47 minutes into this extravaganza, uh, Giving extravaganza. Uh, so if your question's down the line, just know I'm about a half an hour behind. I'm trying to give everybody the right time. And I answer all the questions because, Hey, that's fun, right? We all want to be heard. We all ask good questions and they deserve a little bit of attention. Carl Hunnell, who continues to quote shit says, uh, Somerset, this guy's methodical, exacting, and worst of all, patient Mills. He's a nutbag. Just because the fucker's got a library card doesn't make him Yoda. I don't know what that's from, but I love it. Carl Hunnell. Cards Cookie answering a question that she asked 100 hours ago uh, that I asked back about which pie. She said she's making pumpkin pies, and she's drinking Stella Hard Cider. Now, great choices. Uh, My dad does not like pumpkin pie, and I fucking love pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie is delicious. My grandma made a great pumpkin pie, and Stella Hard Cider is legitimately, in my opinion, one of the best hard ciders that I've had on the market. So to you, again, I'm going to cheers the water. I'm going to use this as a chance to get a little bit of water in me because I'm starting to get parched. And uh, also, I'm starting to get drunk. Holy shit, are we rolling tonight? Woo-hoo-hoo! Sean says, am I the only one still sad about Flaherty? And do you think he can turn it around eventually? Look, if you would have told me uh, a couple years back that Michael Waka would have been able to turn it around, with his shoulder issue, with that scalpula issue, I would have said no fucking way. And that's my answer right now with Jack Flaherty. But they are supremely talented pitchers. It's just a matter of how bad what they're dealing how bad it is what they are dealing with. And maybe Flaherty gets healthy. Maybe he can find that health that Michael Waka has been able to produce and get that type of success. I don't think it's. I don't think it's likely. I'm still sad that he was shit last year. I was banking on him. I thought again another thing I was wrong about. I was happy that they stayed pat with Flaherty. I thought that we would see something out of him in 2023 that we did not see, and that sucks. And I'm still sad about it myself. And hopefully he does continue to get opportunities to prove. That he can turn it around. Matt Parker says, "Who needs Gray or Yamamoto? Kwang Kim is the real musket." Look, uh, as long as his interpreter Eugene Ku comes along, give me uh, Kwang Young Kim every day. Smithy says, "Also, when will we get to hear you on Hot Trumps Central on KFNs uh, again on Hot Take Central?" So I, uh, I get what you did there. Now I can. I will say that. My work situation is a little different now. I can't listen because I don't get 590 in my truck. It's a whole thing. So I can't listen to Hot Take Central. I basically just listen to KMOX now uh, until McKernan comes on 101. Uh, but I, for whatever reason, I do, my 590 in my work truck does not work. And also my mornings are usually so busy that I don't get to listen. And those guys can have me on whenever. Look, uh, Charlie Marlowe is fucking awesome. Jim the Cat A's is fucking awesome. As is Cam Jansen, good dude. All of these people have been incredibly nice to me. I don't have a relationship with Cole. Um, uh, uh, You know, I I would love to be on with them. I don't really hold their political views or certain people's political views against them. Uh, But I. I think that they do great work with what they do. And honestly, Charlie Marlowe is fucking is the coolest dude ever. So I, I love, I love Charlie. I love the hot take central boys. And for whatever reason, the gym, the cat Hayes likes me a little bit. I'm sure he's annoyed the fuck with me, but I'll take it. So I'm not going to talk bad about them. Dave Simpson says the Cardinals seem to be skipping over 2024 with these one-year deals. They apparently want to do this again next off season, And I don't think that's the worst thing. Look, if you were talking about one-year deals with position players, that'd be one thing, right? Uh, because that's not really a volatile position. Uh, starting pitching is volatile as a motherfucker. I- I'm, yeah. You're not skipping over to 2024. You have to do it again in 2024. But uh, look, I'll be honest with you. I don't know if I necessarily think that that's a bad idea. I think pitching's so volatile that as long as like the fewer long-term contracts that you have to give out, the better chance you have to adjust and be able to adjust uh, on the fly when you need to. So. Again, I would want higher quality than Kyle Gibson or Lance Lynn. Uh, it's easier to point to younger, easier to point to uh, more upside. Even though I do think that that's an illusory term, that's easy to fall back on uh, because you have to, you have to. You have to reach the upside for it to be relevant, and it isn't always easy to reach all of your upside. Ask, ask Jack Flaherty when it is there, even if you've already done it in the past. It's just really hard, especially in baseball as a pitcher. So, uh, again, we are at a point where they might be doing it again in 2024, but then again, maybe maybe Roby takes that step, and he's a starting option in 2024. Maybe Jerpy does. Uh, it buys them time to get to that again. And if they have to do this again next year, or the th- worst-case scenario, they – Buy out Lynn, they buy out Gibson, and they go get two other pitchers. Uh, best case scenario, what, both of those guys earn their keep and, and their extension, and then you still have uh, a, a time to go to let other guys develop. Like I really don't have a problem with what they did in that regard. I just, Just like with everybody else, I wish it would have been a little bit more remarkable. Uh, Jim Hayes. Graham says Jim Hayes knows how to pull the boys back in. Don't count Shelby Miller out just yet. Yeah, well, we'll find out exactly how much pull Jim the cat Hayes has uh, with Joe Kelly. If Joe Kelly finds his way back to the St. Louis Cardinals, then this is the offseason of the cat. No doubt about it. Graham, I'm going to drink a little bit more water. Hold on. Man, I'm falling apart. Doug Donner says ETA for Victor Scott in St. Louis. My hope is that the Cardinals practice a little patience with Victor Scott. Again, this question was asked about a half an hour ago. uh, And hopefully they don't touch him in 2024 until the end of the year, until August at the very earliest. Uh, Because, you know, one thing that we know is that with the player who profiles this way, although he makes good swing decisions and hits a lot of hard line drives and is still trying to tap into his power uh, and can bunt for singles, that there's no reason to rush this type of player. He still needs time to develop. If he if he stays in in AAA a little longer because the outfield is doing well, then that's perfectly fine. I think if you're asking for a very abstract ETA 2024 at some point, but I with the with the lean with the idea that in 2025 he might be able to take over full time as a center fielder if all goes right in his development. I'm I'm anxious to see what 2024 holds for Victor Scott. Oh, I'm glad we're getting to this, right? Andrew Breyer says, we're going to pour one out for Yepez and for Kiz. I am 100% going to my black box, right? Look, it didn't go according to plan every second of the way for Yepes, uh, Juan Yepez and Andrew Kisner, But they both showed signs of being major leaguers, and hopefully they get to go somewhere else and shove it up the Cardinals' ass. And look, there's nothing wrong with hoping that, even as Cardinal fans. I want all of the former Cardinals, Dakota Hudson included, who I've been as critical of of any Cardinal in my lifetime. Uh, I hope that he goes somewhere and has success. But to the Kisner family, to the Yepes family, families I've gotten to know a little bit over the years, I raised my black box Cabernet Sauvignon. I'm going to tell a story when I'm done with it. Uh, uh, and it might be the only time I ever tell a story like this. So, uh, But I- I'm going to raise my glass. Terrific Cardinals prospects, terrific represent, representatives of the Cardinals organization. I was fortunate enough to be with the Yepes family when Juan hit his first Bush Stadium home run. And that was the coolest moment that I've ever experienced at a stadium. And I was at game six and I was uh, at all of these memorable moments with family members and friends uh, throughout the last two decades of Cardinal baseball. And that sticks with me and it'll stick with me until the day I die. Mel says, hello, Mel. How are you? evening y'all quite a lot just happened since we last gathered here yeah how about that like in 10 days the Cardinals everything changed uh this offseason I'm not mad about Leonard Gibson makes it seems like they're not going all in on Yoshi-san yeah I don't know for me let me tell you my outlook on this I think Mo was very careful about how he characterized their involvement in the Asian market right I think that if you are pissed at Mo, like most people are, and probably have a right to be, I think you hear him talk the way that he talk. and this isn't you, Mel. I don't know about you. I can't really speak for you. I really don't know where you stand on this, Um, but when I heard him talk, I thought to myself, all right, this actually feels like we're clearing the deck so that we can focus solely on the one top of the rotation arm that we want. Now, that might be Yamamoto. It might be someone else. I can't really say. I I, I honestly don't know. Uh, It doesn't seem like Snell that seems like the opposite of the direction the Cardinals would go in. I can't say for sure. I would assume Yamamoto because it just seems like they're putting effort into that. Uh, a total guess, but uh, all that's just to say, like if you listen to Mo talk and you're already annoyed with him, it sounded like he was kind of out of the market. They weren't interested, but for someone like me, who's trying to stay open-minded, bordering on optimistic as a pessimistic personality in the first place about life in general, uh, I, that's not what I heard. What I heard is they were being very delicate about how they said what they said, and it seemed like they were still very much in the uh, the Japanese market in particular. Whether that's uh, uh, one of the other pitchers that are, are from that country or an American pitcher who pitched in that land, we'll find out. But I wouldn't say that uh, it makes me seem like the signings of Lennon Gibson make me think that they're out on Yamamoto. I think it's actually the opposite. I think Getting these two back of the rotation starters paved away, something you don't have to worry about anymore, means that you can pivot and focus on the top of the rotation. We'll find out. Keegan Renault says, one-year deals for older players, confidence in one of the, one of, a one of, I'm going to start over. Sorry, Keegan. One-year deals for older players confidence in one of, or a few of Roby, Graceffo, McGreevy, and Jerpy going to be ready in 2025, maybe that's it, but it just gives them an opportunity to adjust and pivot. You know, They're not one-year deals. They're one-year deals with an option. And we all just kind of assume it's going to be a one-year deal because in our minds, mine, mine included, we think Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson are going to be trash, but they might not be right. They might be okay. And if they are, then that gives you more time. Now, again, I cannot stress enough. Do not include Michael McGreevy in this group. He is not in the same group as them. Everybody needs – and I I, text, I tweeted it out a little while ago. we got to stop talking about Michael McGreevy. Until – even though he made a quick rise to, to AAA, he wasn't beat up in AAA. Like, he's not a major league pitcher. He's just not. Now, again, this offseason could change. He could end up making huge strides this offseason and find himself as a major league pitcher, a major league capable pitcher, not just a pitcher pitching in the major leagues. Um but we, ha- we have to wait and see how that goes. The other guys might. Uh, they just might. And Graceffel might be able to do it in the Major League bullpen before he finds his way uh, to a real chance in the Major League rotation. Oh, Jeff Nehouse brings up a great point. From a girth perspective, Lynn could be an ace one. Yeah, maybe that's what we're doing. Jeff, I think you By the way, Jeff, I'll raise my yingling to you, my yingling uh, Hershey Porter. I think we're looking at pitcher effectiveness all wrong. I think... We need to start judging a pitcher's effectiveness by how girthy they are, and there isn't a girthier pitcher uh, in baseball other than maybe Alec Manoa, than Lance Lynn. Right, bring Manoa in, give us our girthy boys. We the St. Louis girthy boys, baby. St. Louis girthy boys. Stephen Glory Hole says, could we bludgeon the league into submission with a dozen four to five starters? I'll be honest, I would love to see it. What if the Cardinals went full piggyback, but now with like protecting arms with young arms. What if it was just like, all right, we're going to bring in the the 10 oldest starting pitchers we have, and they're just going to piggyback off of each other because their hips hurt and their back hurts and their neck hurts and their arthritis is killing them, Uh, and gout has got the better of them. But I would love to see it. Again, I wish one of these teams that is tanking would get creative and do something goofy like that. Now, I know that's not exactly what you're saying, but it would be fun to watch, wouldn't it? I mean, for real, say you miss out on Yamamoto. Do you really want to pivot to Gray? Do you really want to pivot to Snell? What if instead you just got the other seven oldest players that we've been asking for and just see what happens? Bucket, who cares? Give me those one-year deals. Let's get stupid and see what happens. Adam Keel says, have you looked into rule five arms? And if so, which would you hope ends up in STL? I have not, Adam Keel. Look, uh, I know that Cole Wilcox is one of those arms. I know that he seems like a Cardinal pitcher. We'll see. Um, you know, last year, the guy that they, they drafted in the major league section was Wilking Rodriguez, right? And no one saw that coming. So I, I am not anywhere near that, uh, unfortunately, to be able to tell you. I haven't done any digging. Uh, I do know that uh, from talking to some people, not only uh, uh, with ancillary connection to the Cardinals, but with ancillary connections to other teams, that there I guess there was a chance that Pedro P- Paez was going to get selected. Again, uh, I've I, I talked to somebody involved with another team directly, and they laughed at the idea. Um, which is hilarious to me. Uh, uh, and but also like Ian Vidal and Pajes are kind of on the same level there, where other teams do have kind of interest in those players and what they're capable of. But a- as a rule five pick, probably not. Uh, but as far as like who the Cardinals might select, unfortunately, Adam, I don't, I'm not gonna be able to help you right now. Uh, Z Ed says, "How about a patch here's to Tweeto? Oh, I didn't know it was Tweeto's birthday. Oh, to Tito, Tito Rivera." Uh, trivia tops or T Rivera tops uh, on Twitter. We raise our glass. Tweedo had a baby. We we drank to the baby. It's a little Eli, Darth Eli, uh, into Darth Leo. We raise our glass to, uh, the, the rule of two, uh, Sith Lords and their father. Clayton says, if John Denton was a Thanksgiving food, what would he be? Baby, baby doll. John Denton is the Turkey. He's all that in a bag of chips. He's a whole damn party mix. No, uh, so he would be the turkey. You know how every family has that one person who tries to do Thanksgiving dinner, and the turkey's dry as fuck. Like, it's just not right. That's John Denton. That's the food that John Denton is. He's He is a turkey. is a journalist. He is doing his job. Not well. And he fucks up. But you know what? We all love and embrace it for what it is. Matt Parker says, assuming praying we get two more starting pitchers, that would mean Lynn would have to come out of the pen to start the year, right? Again, I, I don't necessarily look. The home runs are an issue. And I do think it's fair. That I think the Cardinals' point about expecting those home runs to come down at Busch Stadium is fair. I don't think it's going to come down a lot. I mean, maybe from like 44 to 32, right? He has to make adjustments in order for that number to come down enough for it to really matter. But Again, if say the Cardinals already had Yamamoto, and they already had Gray, and Michaelis was their three. If their their 4-5 was Gibson and Lynn, you wouldn't feel bad about that. It's just that what we feel is the stress of absence at the top of the rotation, and it's causing us to ignore the fact that the back of the rotation needs to be addressed. And at the back of your rotation are inning eaters, veteran inning eaters, who you can rely on to be what they are. Then you're fine. You know you're not going to get a bad of a season that you got out of Wainwright in 2023. You're, I mean, more than likely Kyle Gibson just gives you the innings that the innings in the production that Jack Flaherty gave you before he got traded. You know, you need more. Absolutely, you need Jordan Montgomery. You need a higher end than that uh, in order to be competitive. But all that does again is emphasize that last year your issue, while it was starting pitching was also bullpen, was also defense, was also base running. Uh, Again, I maintain that if you kept that 2023 team exactly how it is, with the same defense, with the same base running, and with the same bullpen, you could bring in Yamamoto, Nola, and Snell and not get that much better. Every aspect needs to get better. And again, over what they had in 2023, the rotation's better. Just that simple. Because Wainwright had a historically bad year. And even as bad as Lynn's home runs were, it wasn't anywhere near as bad as what Adam Wainwright was for the St. Louis Cardinals in 2023. The Wainwright Woodford combo, because Woodford was fucking terrible too. So again, it's it's an incremental upgrade. But as a, back into your starters, it's not really terrible. It's not as bad as it gets. It could get way fucking worse. You know, see what it is. Uh, but again, I I do think they need they can't fuck up at the top of the rotation. They really can't. Again, I won't be mad if they do because I still want to see what that looks like. Uh, but they—they they know they can't. Oh man, the church wine flavor from Sog. Yeah. So uh, I will say to the to the defense of black the black box here, it is not as church winey as you would think. Uh, I think one of the flavors is I think I've had one of them, but the Cabernet Sauvignon Sauvignon is not. It's not great. Okay, but it's fine. It's good. Uh, Shecky ZX says, How is the Hershey Porter? Which kind of sounds like a euphemism for poop. It is delicious. It is like, okay, so it's not like when you really have to poop good, but it's like when you know you're going to have to poop and you get to poop before you absolutely have to poop. That's the level that Hershey Porter is. No, for real, like uh, all kidding aside, it's a really tasty beer. I didn't expect it to be as good as it is. It's not that like overwhelming fake chocolate taste that some chocolate porters can be. It is definitely a lot more like the left-hand chocolate porter. Um, and that's, that's good. It's a, it's a really good beer and it's really accessible. And I'm glad it's back. It's in the St. Louis market. Tim Stewart says desiring mats for your team is about as logical as your team as Mrs. Stewie, the Ford guy choosing Stewie, the Ford guy. Yeah, no, I get you. I, uh, I totally understand what you're saying there, but you know, I think that I, I would think Tim, and again, not to discredit your point. Cause I think your point is valid. I think it also shows you just how valuable it is to have a pitcher like Steven Matz. And it's only $11 million. That's what the Cardinals just signed Lynn and Gibson for. And the funny thing about Cardinal fans is they don't realize that other teams were in on Gibson and Lynn at that price. So, you know, it's it's a two-way street there. It it absolutely is. You know, every team's looking for pitching. Every team, like we, we've heard it over and over again. And a lot of these teams are looking for two starters. So maybe if you feel like you have a little bit of depth and you've addressed the front of the bolt, the front of the rotation, then maybe, maybe Matt's is a, a thing that you can move, free up some space, free up some cash and do something with like, you're telling me the Red Sox would be worse off with Steven Matz. The, the Yankees would be worse off with Steven Matz. The Mets would be worse off with Steven Matz. There's like. Half of the teams in the league that Steven Matz would be a substantial upgrade for. So just, you know, again, it hasn't gone well for the Cardinals. Hasn't gone well for Cardinals about 40% of the time when he's been healthy, 35% of the time when he's been healthy. But when when he has been healthy, like 65% of the time, he's actually pretty fucking good, oddly enough. It's just that it's been uneven and he hasn't been healthy. And at one year, it's not a bad thing to take a risk on at $11 million or $12 million or whatever it is, if you're another team. And if the Cardinals feel comfortable, they can pivot. Uh, The problem with Franco didn't age well. You're right, Tim Stewart. Kyle Eden says, sorry to have missed this tonight. My son wanted to make a Mississippi mud pie tonight for tomorrow. So I've been busy with that. Hope everyone enjoyed the pad. Can't believe Kyle's shirt is still on. You know, I think my shirt's going to stay on tonight. I don't think you skanks have earned it enough. Uh, But yeah, Kyle, to you, look, I love a good Mississippi mud pie, not just in the euphemistic way. Uh, They are delicious. Like, I like a good, uh, again, Uh, both. I like a good cream pie, right? Everybody likes a good cream pie, not just in pornography, but, uh, at Thanksgiving meal with your family and the Mississippi mud pie is a delicious pie to Kyle Eden. We raise our glass. Victoria says, Kyle, you're so sweet. Everything going as good as it can. And the girls are wonderful. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family, as well as Ashley and Leo. Again, I'll take this as an opportunity to say to you, Victoria, to you and the family, to everybody at PAD, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, I hope everybody has a great day tomorrow. We still have probably another half an hour of PAD, probably 40 minutes. We'll see. But to, to all the PAD people, I raise my glass. Snorting Bull, our good friend Snorting Bull asks, "Where do you? how are you, Snorting Bull, man? I hope you're doing well. And again, this was about 25, 28 minutes ago. Uh, where do you think JC starts out in 2024? Any chance he makes the team out of spring training? I would say the only way Thomas JC makes the team out of spring training is if the Cardinals have traded like Brendan Donovan or Tommy Edmond. I think it would take something like that uh, for him to make it out of spring training. So my guess is he starts in Memphis, and I don't know what Durham's schedule looks like. I don't know if the Cardinals, uh, the, the the Memphis Redbirds find their way through Durham early, but he'll, he'll be worth seeing. You know, I love Thomas JC, and he is a high – caliber prospect for sure definitely a top 200 prospect probably a top 150 maybe even knocking on the top 100 prospect door but there are some tendencies in his his at his bat that need adjusting and hopefully we get to see him do that and again hopefully as a 21 year old at double a a 22 year old with his first taste of like the start of a triple a season hopefully the cardinals give him time to like sort all that out uh, uh, Tim Stewart says, any thoughts on Manoa or even better trying to pull Gosman from Toronto? I don't think Toronto's going to move Gossman, right? They, they're still young. They still have cost controlled hitters. I don't think that they're going to trade a starting pitcher like that. So I would love that. I would love for the Cardinals to do it. If he's available, I don't think that they're going to do it. I think that things would have to get really weird for them to do it. Uh, and my thoughts on Manoa are again, like if the Cardinals hadn't already signed Gibson and Lynn, I'd be like, yeah, sure. Manoa is fine. It's whatever. But now, like, they need something a little bit more certain, a little more sure. And I, I like Manoa. I, You know, people I trust uh, believe in Alec Manoa. But there are some issues there, and I don't know what to think about it. And, you know, I I think if you bring in another starting pitcher and you want to bring in a fourth starting pitcher and Toronto isn't asking for a ton for him because I'm not going to give up Gorman, I'm not going to give up Donovan, I'm not going to give up Newt Barr, I'm not going to give up Edmund, honestly, uh, for Manoa uh, – I would give up, maybe it's a JC for him uh, at the most, like something like that. But more than likely, this pitching market is going to demand more than that. And they can hold on to him and probably get more benefit up from him if he's as dedicated, getting, as dedicated to getting better as he appears to be. Uh, we're just going to have to wait and see. Oh, our good friend, Matt Thompson says, what's up, scumbag? Cheers to Yamaboto. To Matt Thompson, our friends at Prospects After Law. Uh, oh my God. I am going too fast. I'm starting to get drunk. Hold on. Focus, shithead. Let me start over. Let me start over. Our good friend Matt Thompson Prospects Live says, what's up, scumbag? Cheers to Yamamoto. To Matt Thompson, to Prospects Live, subscribe to their Patreon. These guys fucking rock, and they do incredible work. And if you are into fantasy at all, they're starting to incorporate some of the fantasy elements into uh, their their um, player evaluations. They do great work to all of my prospects live people, but specifically to Matt Thompson and his beautiful family. We raise our glass, Matt. You rock as do your co-workers. Love that, Matt Thompson. Andy Yamamoto. Uh, he says, O fucking A. So there you go. Patreon. Go to the Patreon, subscribe to the Prospect Live Patreon, and their Cardinals Top Prospect list comes out on Monday. That's how you get into the new year, uh, uh, the, the 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 holiday year. That's how you get through uh, Thanksgiving and you get into Christmas. You go full on with the Prospects Live Cardinals Top Prospect list. Jordan Vass says, Anything the Cardinals can realistically do the rest of the offseason to become a true contender, even with the big trade, free agent, SP signing, they feel so far away still, even with a couple of BP arm ads. Yeah, Jordan Vass. Now, this has been my premise all along. I personally believe that even if they had signed Yamamoto, even if they had signed Nola, even if they had signed Snell, even if they have signed all three of them, that didn't make them better. It just didn't because they also needed bullpen help. And they also needed their pitching. They also needed their their defense and their base running to be as good as possible. And they needed their offense to normalize instead of being streaky. Now, that's tough. It's tough to hear, especially with the Cardinals constantly being like an 85 to 90 win team uh, over the last couple of years. So I don't know if they could have done anything aside from spending $200 million per year for the next seven years this offseason to get better. And that would have only hurt their long-term ability to stay at contenders. So, I think you're t- it all comes down to like the true definition of a contender. I don't. I, I don't think they can be a true contender. I think in order to be a true contender, you build for the long season, this off-season, and then you adjust in-season to become a contender. I think I think we've seen over these years uh, being an off season trying to trying to become a contender in an offseason doesn't work. Even for good teams, it doesn't work. Uh, you it's what you do in season. how you adjust in season with the depth you have, uh, whether it be trades or adding to your major league roster, that's how you become a contender if you weren't already a contender. Uh, so you can build a foundation in an offseason, which is what the Cardinals are hopefully doing. We'll see where it goes from there. Our good friend, Shelton Mysterio. Shelton Mysterio, I raise my glass to you, says, Yamamoto needs to be a Cardinals' number one target. And look, I agree with you. Again, I'm going to take trying to be analytical or fair out of it. And what I'm going to say is, yeah, look, I completely agree that if, as a fan, uh, and honestly, if I'm running the front office and I have money to deal with and I know what it's going to cost to get Yamamoto and if, if the ownership is willing to fork over the money, and I can't convince the ownership to give any more money, and they've they've hit their limit, then he is my number one target. Fucking right. And again, a lot of smart people on Twitter, I've been questioning about this just to see if I could have the counter argument to my own viewpoint. By the way, for some really part smart people that listen to PAD that I, I get combative with sometimes, I'm not being combative. What that is, that's my way of saying like, look, I agree with you, and I'm not just going to agree with you to agree with you. Like Ben Sorority or Jason Hill. These are smart baseball people. These are people smarter than myself. I want to push them. I want to push them so I can push myself. Because I agree with you. I agree with that Yamamoto is going to be a great major league starting pitcher. I agree with that. I agree with Ben Sorority's projections. Uh, But you know what? It doesn't do me any good. What does me good, what does us all good, is to start questioning that. To think critically about that. Like, show me how these projections work out. Promise me. Show me why it's 100% a good chance, a good reason to do what you're doing other than you see the projections and your emotions are telling you. Let's look at it critically. But to Shelton Mysterio's point, he is 100% correct. Yamamoto needs to be the Cardinals' number one target. And again, I think Mo summed it up perfectly. And I think that this is something that I'm going to push. Uh, in his press conference when he was asked about like convincing people to come to St. Louis, you can sway – Like you can, you can have some minimal um, impact on the way somebody views coming to your town. You can, Absolutely. But you can't change somebody's mind. Like, we're not all feeble-minded fucks. Uh, as a matter of fact, we're we as a human species are more honorary and more proud than we've ever been. It's why we have such trouble admitting when we're when we are wrong, even online, uh, myself included. So to think that you can convince somebody, uh, even from a different land, that they need to come here and that this place is so much better than another place—sure, you might be able to to make a little bit of in road here and there, but if a person decides it's not the spot for them and whether it's money or the coast or beaches or the limelight, you can only do so much of that. Again, we we know that even with money, even going X amount over, uh, we know that. Uh, So as long as the Cardinals are competitive, as long as they're willing to go to where other people are willing to go, I'll be happy with it. But I cannot wait to see what the reporting on that, the Yamamoto looks like deal looks like after it's done. Aaron Johnson says, "Feels like we're going to be at this pitching scramble again in a year or two. Yeah, absolutely, and I don't think that that's bad. Look, I think here's the thing about here's the thing about pitching is you're always in the pitching scramble. You're always look. You could sign again. Uh, we'll just we'll boil it down real simple. And I don't think fans realize this. I think people forget how fucking volatile starting pitching is. Look at the Mets. They signed Jose Quintana. They had Scherzer. You know, uh, the, the Justin Verlander. And none of it worked out. All of those guys got hurt because pitching is fucking volatile. I don't know why it's so hard for all of us to understand. I didn't understand it either. It wasn't until I started thinking about how the Cardinals drafted and how they're always drafting big-time position players with power that I was like, oh, wait, actually, that makes all the sense in the fucking world. Bring those guys on because those guys will always have value. Even Ryan Holgate, who sucked, and the Cardinals got out of the organization right away. As a second-round pick, sure, it was a waste, but it made more sense than Trey Fletcher, who couldn't even play baseball just because he could play baseball. Like, bring those guys in. You want to know why? Because those guys will always have value. You know what doesn't always have value? Pitching. Because Pitching gets fucking hurt because the throwing motion is fucking bullshit. That's why. The volatility that comes with pitching means that almost every year you're going to be scrambling for pitching. That's why to get to the point we made last pad and the most important thing about this off, this off season, again, we get so caught up in Yamamoto and Snell and Bieber and fucking gray and fucking Nola. The most important thing is that the Cardinals revamp how they, how they raise the starting pitching in their organization. Something needs to change because it's not fucking working. And I, as someone who follows the draft, other than Michael McGreevy believe that the Cardinals amateur scouts And even their international scouts are giving the Cardinals good clay to mold and they're not molding. They're having these guys do it on their fucking own and it's not always working. So that needs to change because the only way that you can avoid the pitching scramble year after year is if you're developing it. Uh, And again, just because you you draft a first-round pitcher, you're not going to have the success that you're going to have drafting a first-round hitter. You're just not. Uh, you might get a little bit more lucky, but the numbers – and, and I mean, when I say not, I mean the numbers will tell you that you're better off drafting a hitter. So do that. Do that. Uh, but continue to find the pitchers that work for you. Develop them. But give them help. Don't have them do it on their own. You want to avoid the pitching scramble year after year develop it. That's the only fucking way to do it because pitching is so fucking volatile that it's only going to get worse year in and year out. Aaron Johnson says signing Yamamoto and Woodford now would be kind of fascinating. It would be fascinating. Yeah, but, you know, that's a shoulder injury for Wood Woodruff. uh, Brandon Woodruff. Sorry, I said Woodford. Sorry. Uh, Yamamoto and Woodruff now would be kind of fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, but you know what? Some team's going to give Woodruff a lot of money for that second year, and there's no guarantee he's going to bounce back. And if he does, what if it's like Michael Walker level and you're paying him $16 million that second year? We'll see. Again, I'm not opposed to it. I would love for the Cardinals to do something like that, depending on the terms. Uh, and again, that's a whole nother thing with Woodruff where I cannot wait to see where he signs and how he signs and what it looks like. Tim Stewart says, I think a lot of folks issue that, I think a lot of folks issue with Moselock is his tone and cadence of his voice. If he sounded like Armstrong, the Hoosier section of the fan base would be so boned up about him. Yeah. So I was listening to BK and Ferrario today and they were talking about it too. And I thought Tim Stewart, you, you echo my sentiments magnificently. It, it's, it's all because look, Armstrong is just, he's old and he's beat up and you can tell that he's lived a hockey player's lifestyle and Mosaic isn't. And he's very, being very careful about the, what he says. And, uh, you know, we're also crazier Cardinal fans than we are Blues fans. You know, It's just the truth. But yeah, look, I I think if there was some Hoosier in Mazalak, instead of being educated to a T and coming across as being educated, I think a lot of us would be like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know what? That makes sense. But the other thing is we listen to Armstrong, and we don't listen to Mazalak. Now, Mazalak built that for himself with the Mo speak, right? But since the beginning when he's talked about adding three starters, he's never said high-end starters. He's always talked about volume, and he's always talked about innings. It's just that we've let our, our imagination run wild because we know we know as fans that they need high-end talent, but they've never said that, and we just don't want to listen to it. We want to run with it. So that's, that's part of how all of this shakes out with them. You know, uh, Mo not necessarily being the clearest all the time, but also us maybe uh, not being smart enough to understand exactly what he was saying and also using the early parts of his career as a GM and the most speak to dictate how we understand what he's saying as well. Our good friend, Caleb Noble says, what's up, Kyle? What's up, Caleb to Caleb and Mike Noble. Now earlier uh, last week, I was on the hard nine podcast, subscribe to the hard nine podcast with Caleb and uh, his, his dad, Mike. And I thought we had a really great conversation. We talked about how Yamamoto and Nola would have been like the perfect pictures for what the Cardinals are doing even though even with the concerns of course no la sign which is a shame but to Caleb and Mike you guys rock I love being on your podcast I'm honored every time I get to come on it's a great fun podcast uh, I love the banter between Caleb and Mike they're awesome people to you guys Oh my god The second trip spring training is complete I feel like oh hold on let me I'm doing pad hi love you I promise I'll get back to you as soon as I can um yeah that was that was Ashley I just I love her she's going through some stuff so I love her uh, Dan Goki says who would win in a fight John Denton or the alternate John Denton Twitter account man this is a great question uh, my guess would be that the alternate John Denton Twitter account, but you know, I think that there um, I, I, I think that there's one thing about John Denton that maybe it's undersold is he's got some height and he's got some reach that John Denton. I think that he can uh, he can do some like real fucking damage is, is what I think. I think that uh, I think he's one of those guys where he might just he's gonna do like one of those long swings and hit you. And without really knowing what the John fake John Denton thinks or looks like, now I do think I do think there's a chance that fake John Denton is just real John Denton from a different universe, a different timeline, maybe. So uh, maybe he's as big. Maybe he has like a long scar running down the side of his face, and he wears an eye patch. That'd be cool as fuck. And if that's the case, and real John Denton doesn't have a, a prayer against fake John Denton, Jordan Vass says, "Let's get real drunk and demand Lou Bob and Dylan cease." Jordan Vass, you know where I am. Look, if I'm the Cardinals, and again, I don't know what the deal is with Chris Getz. I don't know what the deal is. And I'm glad you brought it up because I promised I would not fucking drop this. But if I'm John Mazalock and I miss out on Yamamoto, what I'm doing is I'm going to Getz and the White Sox and I'm being fucking relentless, fucking relentless about getting Lou Bob and Dylan Cease. Bottom line, Boom. That, that, I mean that. I, I'm going fucking full throttle. I don't know what that means. Again, I start with Gorman and I, I just keep talking about how good Gorman is and Gorman is and how good Gorman is and how good Gorman is. And I hope that he keeps gaining gaining momentum and value and, and gets his head. And uh, th- that's what I do. I think that that's the easiest way to solve a lot of the Cardinals problems right away. Again, that doesn't make him a World Series contender, but I do think it makes them better. And I think that they have the spare pieces in the minor leagues to get them there along with Gorman, uh, uh, at the major league level. Jeff Neal says Thanksgiving poop is the best poop of the year. Uh, yeah, look, it's hard to argue that, right? I I would say between Thanksgiving poop and the day after Thanksgiving poop, because it's not just the Thanksgiving poop, right? Because at that point you've also eaten so many leftovers that it's that like next morning poop that is like the most glorious of all poops. Uh, Tyler Altrop says, first-time commenter, long-time lover. Oh, thanks for doing pad and for joining Worst Fans in Baseball this week. Love you, mean it. Tyler, it is my pleasure. And, again, the Worst Fans on Baseball podcast rocks. Check those guys out. Look, uh, again, pad is the best of all the podcasts. There's no doubt about it. What's better than one uh, middle-aged uh, um, uh, white man who thinks he's smarter than everybody else ranting at you for an hour and a half? Uh, uh, nothing, obviously. But between Mimi Amusual and um, Worst Fans in Baseball, Hard Nine, Cardinals Off Day, talking, talking about birds. There is crying in baseball. Look, you've got nothing but great podcasts. And there's all kinds of other ones that I don't know. Those guys on Worst Fans told me about another one, something like a Newt podcast. I don't know what the fuck that is, but maybe that's good. Who knows? Uh, but... There are plenty of great Cardinals podcasts out there that are just a level below prospects after dark, uh, and you should be enjoying them. Again, my favorite is Meet Me Unusual. I love Shoptaw. Uh, I love Alan Medlock. And, uh, and of course, Brendan Schaefer, B-Shape Daily. Brendan Schaefer's awesome. Uh, 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 best Podcast in Baseball with Derek Gould. Awesome. Uh, as Cardinal fans, we are so lucky, and this is probably why we're so passionate and also probably why we're so outspoken when we aren't happy. We're so lucky to have such a strong a contingent of smart people talking about Cardinal baseball and honestly, myself included. So fuck off bitches. Uh, to tie Ty, to Tyler Altrop, We raise our glass. Tyler, thank you for being again. I'm gonna go back to that comment before we're going to go to Tim Nikolai. Uh, we, I raised my glass. Thank you for being a first time commenter and, and a long time lover. I love you too. i know I've seen your face and your, uh, your, your name before. So to you, Tim Nikolai and Tim, if your last name is pronounced different, I would love to know. Here's the thing about Mats. He just showed flashes of significant tweets. Tweets. I show flashes of significant tweets. He showed flashes of significant tweaks that could change the entire outlook for him. Lynn and Gibson are Lynn and Gibson. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the other thing about Michaelis that I find fascinating too, he got off to a terrible start, right? Uh, And part of that was a world baseball classic. Part of it is just not a great pitcher. But the last start of the season is fascinating to me. And how he pitched in the postseason of 2022 is somewhat fascinating to me, although you know he was he was pulled at the right time. I think a lot of those guys, Matt's included, and he'd already made his money for next year and the year after. I think they were in self preservation mode. Remember, Matt's was pretty specific about saying and changing his schedule so that he could get that last start of the season. And he pitched like a fucking man. I think he left some in the tank down the stretch knowing that it didn't matter how good he was. And again, maybe that's not what you want to hear. Maybe that's not good. Maybe that's not the best thing for for Stephen Matz. For Michaelis, Jesus Christ, I'm all over the place. I am all over the place, and I am sorry. I've drank way too much already, apparently, is what's going on. Um, But anyways, with Michaelis, I feel like Michaelis rose to the challenge, and I, I feel like there's more to, to, to Michaelis. With Mats, the issue is that he shows signs. Like, I think about 2022 with Mats, right, before he hurt his knee and before he missed a bunch of time and before he went to the bullpen. Like, Mats was a monster in that start against Pittsburgh in that game where he hurt his knee, and he's showing signs. Sure, he got hammered in San Francisco that year, but he's shown signs over the time that, you know, over his time as a Cardinal where he might be more. He's just going to get hurt. We all have to resign ourselves to the fact that Steven Matz is going to get hurt. And maybe some of the tweaks are going to pay off and some of those bad moments aren't going to be as bad, but I think more than likely he is what he is. 65% of the time, he's going to give you a good start and 35% of the time he's going to be weird as fuck and maybe rough. And those tweaks will maybe pave out some of those rough moments here and there, but he's just what he is, which is a constantly hurt pitcher. That's why when I talk about Matz, it's Matz and Thompson, Matz and Thompson, Matt and Thompson. And if you're relying on Thompson to be your sixth starter, not he shares the sixth spot, the fifth spot with Matt or the third spot with Matt or whatever. Uh, you need a six starter on top of that. Also, uh, Tim Nikolai says, also, I'm delighted to have stumbled across this seconds ago. Happy Thanksgiving to Tim Nikolai, Tim Nikolai. I've seen you on my timeline a bunch too to you. I'm delighted that you were here and I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name and I'm sorry for going on a Michaelis rant with your question about Matt's and I'm sorry to everybody for being a little disjointed tonight. Uh, I, I apologize to to all my pet people to you, Tim. I raised my glass. Shelton Mysterio says, if it will, let me quick click on the question. Do you think Donovan and Edmund get traded? No, I don't. I think the only way Donovan or Edmund get traded is if, Gray falls off the board, and Snell falls off the board, and Montgomery falls off the board, and Yamamoto falls off the board, and all of the pitchers after those guys are asking for a ton of money, and they can get Cease, um, or someone like Cease, and not Glasnow, because one year of Glasnow is going to get them to trade Edmund or Donovan. Maybe Edmund, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong. I just remember, like, well, I am not the biggest Tommy Edmond fan. Why? For years now, I have talked about the Cardinals needing to trade Tommy Edmond. Uh, Without adding on the position player side, Tommy Edmund is more valuable now than he's ever been to your organization uh, as compared to other organizations, because you really don't have a backup shortstop that's majorly capable. And you might not have a, a, a center fielder or backup center fielder to Newt Bar that's majorly capable unless until Victor Scott, if Victor Scott pans out exactly right. So. Uh, I don't think that, and I think the Cardinals would be smart to continue to address their pitching needs with money and to keep as many of the infield position players as possible while shopping Carlson and O'Neill. And again, I want to say, and I'm biased here because I I love the Carlson family. Uh, and again, with Donovan too, I don't want them to trade Donovan and he's my favorite player. He's been my favorite player for years now at this point. Um I want them to shop Carlson because I think it's best for him. I think it's best for the organization. And I think he's best suited to get uh, an opportunity somewhere else. Uh, so other than him and O'Neill, I would keep as many of the starting position players or the full-time position players as possible. Stuart Schneider. So no, I don't think they're going to trade either. Shnoo- Sh- Stuart Schneider says, is there any chance a trade for Burns could be pulled off? I lift my Buffalo trace to you. Oh my God. To you. I, I lift my, uh, my Yingling Hershey's Porter. I love Buffalo Trace. What a world-class bourbon. Uh, it's nice to hear that they're going to start, like, you know, they tried to pull it back to make it more rare uh, I, as the barrel started to thin. And now the understanding is that that we're going to start seeing Buffalo Trace maybe a little bit more. That's exciting. Um, I love it. But to you. And as far as could they pull off a Burns trade? Maybe. But we all know how hard it is to trade in division and for anything other than a rental. So I wouldn't suspect that it's something that's going to happen, uh, but it just might happen. Uh, I, I, but I, I really, I would say like, I would say there's a better chance they trade for cease or glass now, even though I don't necessarily think those chances are particularly high right now than burns. I think there's a better chance they sign Yamamoto or gray than burns. Um, But I guess it could always happen if they're the only one willing to come to the Brewers asking price if there's a match there. Shelton Mysterio says even the best teams are always looking for pitching, right? And again, sorry to go on a pretty uh, passionate and heated rant there about the Cardinals pitching uh, and about signing guys to one-year deals and only having like one year or potentially two years covered. But every team is looking for pitching every year, almost every team, except for the teams that are growing pitching. That's the only way to do it. So the smartest thing that you can do is be as forward into pitching development as possible, uh, and if you're a team like the Cardinals, that's where you spend your money, uh, honestly. Like, and sure, maybe maybe you only do it for a couple of years, and you let the, you get ahead of the pack, you let the pack come back to you, and in ten years you you're back to having to readjust. But I'd rather them do that than spend twenty seven million dollars a year or thirty million dollars a year on Sunny Gray for three years. I'd rather them get Kent Maeda for sixteen and put the other $10 million into some something that resembles uh, advancements in how they help raise their starting pitching prospects. That's my own personal view of that whole thing. Uh, is Yamamoto considered better than Darvish? I would say that he's considered more sure than Darvish from Tim Stewart. asked the question. I think that uh, I think now we have a better understanding of how those stats translate. I think those leagues are getting stronger and stronger and better and better, which makes it easier to understand how their stats are going to translate, along with being able to measure their pitches uh, and and whiff rates and in zone and out of zone swings. So yeah, I definitely think that uh, right now you could probably say Yamamoto is considered better than Darvish, a, a, a two time consecutive MVP in that league. I, I would say, and I would also say that you're probably more sure of the success that he's going to have than Darvish. And he's younger, too. So all of these things play into the contract. Shelton Mysterio says, I feel as long as Mo is there, it's not going to change. And I think that's really what it boils down to with a lot of fans and their frustration with the Cardinals. Right. I, for me, it's always more of like, I feel like as long as the DeWitts are there, it's not going to change. Because again, they are the they are the primary owner owners of the St. Louis Cardinals. They're not the majority owners, and that changes how they how they get money, what their profit margin is, and also their fiduciary responsibility to the other own, the other percentage owners of the Cardinals to provide them with a, a return on their investment. That's something people forget, and it kind of changes the whole dynamic. But that plays into it. So for me, it's not necessarily about Mo; it's about the ownership. Because uh, I bet if Moe was the, the president of baseball operations for the Mets and had an extra $100 million to work with. I don't think he'd be stingy as fuck. I think he'd spend that money. I just think that uh, uh, what, he, what he's given, he has to be smart with. And I think that the DeWitts budget accordingly to get an ROI and that all of the investors get an ROI as well. That's my own personal thought. But again, when you're the figurehead of an organization, you get that criticism. Part of your contract is to get that criticism. And it makes sense to me why fans don't think it's going to change until Mo's gone. Thomas says, Mo has said players will have to want to play for the cards. What MLB 1 or 2, not card 1 or 2, would what to come to a, to the cards. It will take top dollars plus. Interest ended at 175 for NOLA. Yeah, maybe. Again, if you go by the reports, they didn't even really get into contract negotiations with NOLA. So who really knows? But uh, yeah, look, I, I think that the bottom line is the same thing, you know, maybe, maybe to more succinctly say what you were saying is uh, Mo emphasized in the press conference that they want people who want to be here and they are interested in talking to pitchers who want to pitch for the Cardinals more so than trying to convince pitchers that they want to come to the Cardinals. Well, you know, you're kind of in a shitty spot and you're going to have to pay people in order to get them here. It's just that simple. You're going to have to outbid and you're going to have to pay people to get here. and the only way you're going to get better and the only way you're going to get more people to want to come to St. Louis is if you're better is to go outside of your comfort zone. So there has to be a give and take. Not there has to be a a compromise with both being willing to spend outside of your comfort zone and finding the right amount of player who wants to be in St. Louis. And look, Aaron is a whole different thing. Look, I'll be as critical as the Cardinals as I can be of not being involved. I think they should have been involved. I think they should have been pushing it. I think they should have, Pushed that conversation, the contract conversation, so far that it was beyond seven one seventy two for the Phillies. Almost pushed it to two hundred million for the Phillies. Uh, at the very least, if you can't get him, then it fucking cripples the Phillies a little bit more. Worst case scenario, you've bought him, and maybe that wasn't the case. Maybe it was just like, maybe he was seven one seventy two. That's enough for me in the Phillies. I'm ready to go. Uh, you know, again, you don't know what these players want. They take the reins in these kind of situations. You know, we think back to Freddie Freeman a little while ago, right? He found out that the Braves offered him a different contract than what he was told. He was pissed. It was a whole thing, right? Before he went to the Dodgers. So you have to keep that in mind that uh, as long as they're given the information presented to them, they're going to make whatever decision that they think is best for them. Uh, So, you know, that's, those are my general thoughts about your comments about what MLB one or two look you're going to have to throw money at the player for sure. But I think I think we forget that just after one bad season, one sub-500 season, along with a bunch of mediocre seasons, people love playing for the Cardinals. The Cardinal fan base drives uh, the interest from players. And as long as we are the fan base, people are going to want to come and play for the Cardinals. Uh, it's just a matter of it all working out right for them. Tim Nikolai says, screw it. I'll ask another one. Why do folks love Cease so much over Glasnow? Is it just health? Statcast has cease leagues behind glass now in nearly every category well okay so there's a couple things i think you're dead on i think you nailed the health thing right i also think cease was a cy young award winner i think that plays into it too right i think it's it's easy to be like oh yeah dylan cease he's won he's won the award so i think you know i think that plays into it um you know, as much as anything, or no, he was second in the side, second in the side. He didn't win the side. He was second in the side. So that's a whole different thing, of course. I'm sorry. My apologies. But I think that plays into it. I think I think the years of control plays into it too. Uh, but I'm with you. Look, I'll take glass now overseas any day of the week. Uh, I think those are the major issues. Kyle Eden says, and honestly, myself included, so fuck off, bitches. Is that not a perfect Kyleism? I don't know what is. Uh, yeah, Kyle, not only me, but you too, hopefully. To you, to Kyleisms, we raise our glass. Graham says, "Do you ever get sad about Reyes, Flaherty, and Martinez? Fuck it, Jordan Swaggerty too. Yeah, bud, Graham, I get sad all the time. Like, even J- even Weaver, even Luke Weaver, Marco Gonzalez. Like, I wish all of these things. Tim Cooney, I wish all of these things would have worked out for the Cardinals. I really do. You know, um, I, we talked about uh, P.J. Walters earlier. I wish that would have worked out. Just Todd, how cool would that have been? Uh, I would have loved. I would have loved all of those things. But yeah, like." Thinking back to Carlos Martinez, Jack Flaherty, and Alex Reyes, with like Dakota Hudson as the prospect as like a back end starter, that would have been so fucking cool if it would have worked out and they would have stayed healthy and they would have stayed effective. Uh, again, I would have argued that um, Ryan Helsley as one of the starters would have been cool, but uh, i was boys on the outside looking in, and I still am. Tim Nikolai says, "Also, you pronounce my name perfectly. Thanks, dude. No, thank you, Tim. You're again, you're an, you're an awesome dude." Matt Parker says, "Any updates on Heim Bloom joining the team? I don't have any. I haven't heard a word about it, um, and I was kind of surprised Mo didn't talk about it. And he didn't even talk about bringing in. And it wasn't asked, of course. There was plenty of other things to get focused on. He talked about bringing in more to the the coaching staff. or are still looking uh, to add to the coaching staff, whether it be internally or externally. But there was no talk about uh, bringing in an external evaluator." Uh, so I've got nothing for you, Matt. Unfortunately, Tim Stewart says uh 0.307 on base percentage. Don't just grow on trees. Uh, it doesn't. Uh, Mel says opinion alert. Uh ton lost my respect as a fan this year. I hope we trade him. Uh, opinion alert is, I think, uh, the same opinion that a lot of fans, uh, a lot of fans feel. Now, I will say that when we talk about the, the beginning of the season and uh, Prince sex, Tyler O'Neal, uh getting thrown out by Ronald Acuna at home and how that all went down. Like I side with O'Neill there. I do. I, I think sending him a stupid in that circumstance. I, he rounded the bases weird, but he was rounding third base in particular weird all year. That was uh, trying to stay healthy. was a whole thing. Uh, what I want to know before I judge Tyler O'Neill is in his knee and the whole thing about being in Tampa and the turf and his staying healthy and not staying healthy. And, Playing and not playing and deciding when he's going to play and when he's not going to play is how much of that was dictated by the Cardinals' success. I don't feel like I ever saw that reported. You know, I have no problem with Tyler O'Neill protecting his knees and staying healthy for a team that's 20 games under 500. Like, I think people blew that out of proportion if that was the case. But if the case was that he didn't want to hurt his knees and the Cardinals were 10 games over 500, calling for a playoff spot, then that is an issue. That is a huge issue, but those games didn't matter to me. It didn't matter to me as a fan. Again, I want, I want I want them to win. I always want them to win. I will watch every one of those games, but if I'm Tyler O'Neill, I'm giving my all as much as I can for games that don't matter at all, and you could also argue that it benefits the Cardinals that none of those guys were particularly good down the stretch and hardly played, and by the way, Arnauto was shit uh, too, and no one really talks about that But because he, he ran himself out there even though his back was all fucked up. Uh, but at least he ran himself out there. So, uh, look, I, I understand the fans who take that perspective. But what I want to know before I really have an opinion about it is something that I don't feel like was reported is if he would have played if the Cardinals were contending. Because they weren't contending and they were shit. And I don't have a problem with them not playing in those circumstances and keeping himself healthy for games that matter somewhere down the line, even if it is a year later. Shulton Mysterio says, I really feel like O'Neill has to be traded, even though I am a fan. Hope he has a good career elsewhere. Shelton Mysterio, I couldn't have said it better. We're going to raise our black box wine to you and your perfectly stated point uh, that I am in agreement with on um, Tyler O'Neill. that says, I really feel like Tyler O'Neill has to be traded, even though I am a fan. Hope he has a good career elsewhere. To Tyler O'Neill, to that family, we raise our glass. I hope you, just like Dylan Carlson, find your way to a different organization and have a long and prosperous career of uh, MVP votes on and off over the years. Thomas says, with Eugenio Suarez going to Arizona from the Mariners, is that shaping up for Arenado for Gilbert and take the saved money for Yama? Strange magic. Thomas, that would be something else. I don't think there's any chance that happens, but holy cow, you need to take a screenshot of this before I take it off in case it does happen because that'd be fucking wild. Now, I think more than likely the M's are – look, that's our boy DePoto. Jerry DePoto is going to do something crazy, and we all need to be there for it because it's going to be awesome. Graham says, I'm okay with adding some more old dudes. Grinky would be cool for Clubhouse. Now, I could be wrong, but I think Zach Grinky was pretty straightforward about saying he never wanted to be a St. Louis Cardinal. Now, there are reports that Lance Lynn said something similar after he left the Cardinals, uh, and now here he is a Cardinal, so who knows? And, of course, Grinky retired, so it's whatever. But, yeah, look, bring me Grinky. Bring me Madison Bumgarner. Bring me all of the olds. Give me all the lo- olds. Give me Todd Thiessen. I want Todd Thiessen, and I want all the rest of the olds uh, to compete for starts in the rotation. Graham says, do you think Carlson will be added to the list of ex-Cardinals with success that Todd likes to bring up? Yeah, look, Todd Todd would bring up, like, Ramon Urias if he knew that Ramon Urias was a Cardinal, He, you know, a former Cardinal prospect. You know, the fact that he isn't always talking about David Peralta or um, uh, Donovan Solano. like That's a miracle. So I do think that the minute Carlson has some success, we'll hear about it from that fucking Todd, my poor agent. Matt Driggs says, Hi, Kyle, can you rank your favorite STL delis? So I am not one of these crazy people with the the, the, the delis in St. Louis, the sandwich shops in St. Louis. I think there are awesome delis, awesome sandwich shops in St. Louis. Uh, I like Adriana's. Uh, I think that as far as like, uh, uh, a meat market goes, we love a good Kenricks. Um, uh, who did we talk about last week? Now I don't remember because I was talking about one, uh, 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 one sandwich shop. Oh, a uh, blue city being overrated. Blue city is overrated in my opinion. It's still a great sandwich shop, but everybody goes to it. Give me that gramophone. Gramophone is fucking awesome. We love gramophone. Great sandwiches. Uh, and as far as I'm concerned, it's a lot of tide for first situations because you can't go wrong because meat fucking rocks. Now we are at the one hour and 47 minute mark. We have this. Oh God, this is going to be a disaster. Hold on. We've got this much beer left to all of my pad people, all of my skanks here on skanks giving. Uh, we raise our glass to you, our beautiful mug, which you may or may not be able to get at birds on the black. Uh, who knows if that site even exists? I blame Ben Cerruti for, for killing it really. Uh, And also Tara and Alex. Boy, I'm glad I didn't open that second beer. Holy cow. I'm going to pour some of my wine into my mug. That won't stain. Uh, uh, So as we enter the end of Prospects After Dark, just a couple things I want to say. I am forever grateful for a young man named Cardinal's Gifts. He is everything to me that a brother could be that isn't an actual brother. A hundred years ago now at this point, he came into my DMs about a month uh, ago And again, years ago, Cardinals Gifts said, hey, I'm going to start a website. Would you like to be a part of it? And I said, no, I'm in Redbird Daily, and I don't want to fuck that up. I love those guys. uh, We're just abandoned, and I'm here for the long haul. And then every weekend for the next four weekends, Gifts came into my DMs, and he was like, hey, I'm doing the site. you got to be the prospect guy. And it killed me. Uh, But to show you what kind of caliber person Gifts was, he was like, look, uh, we're going to start Birds on the Black. We're going to start it on Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. And, uh, I want you to be the prospect guy and also don't give up Redbird daily, do the red bird daily for as long as you can. And then he allowed me the opportunity to do a prospect list with my good friend, Colin Gardner, who I don't talk to very much anymore for no reason other than that life is life. So I love Colin Gardner. Uh, but that was gifts. That's gifts. He's the fucking best. Uh, as Graham says, shout out to red bird daily to Alan Medlock, Adam Butler, Rusty Grapple, Graham, uh, 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 like everybody who was on there, uh, 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 John Nagel, who started it, like, um, we had a great Colin Gardner, who I said earlier, we had a great group of people over there and gifts made that happen. And he came to me and gifts. You'll have to tell me what year it was. It might've been 2018. It might've been 2017. He came to me and he was starting this beautiful thing with some really intelligent fucking people. And I couldn't believe it, but I also have a loyalty thing, which is why I'll always be loyal to gifts. I love him. Um, And he allowed me to do everything that I wanted to do. And he pushed me to be better than I've ever been. And we're doing prospects after dark tonight. And we're doing that because of carnal gifts. And we're doing that because of birds on the black. So, you know, I I raised this mug, this birds on the black mug. And sure, we've had a cards cards and we've had SEO cup of Joe. And we've had Zach, uh, Zach Gifford, who we love and who I get to text with every once in a while. Not enough. I'm going to text him tomorrow to tell him happy Thanksgiving. And I love him. and I miss him. Uh, you know, we've had Alex, Chris, Foley and Tara who aren't really involved anymore, which sucks. Uh, the only person who really contributes other than gifts is Stu Styles. You know, I don't even know if Enchil's alive. He might have died in a fire somewhere. Uh, ben Cerruti, who will put out these really amazing uh, big uh, tweets and not write an article about it, which I do too. And I should probably just, just type away on, uh, on, on Birds on the Black. But all of this is to say that Cardinals gifts started something that changed my life. Uh, and I can't tell you him in enough ways as he gives me the cheers, how thankful I am. And you know what, because of Cardinals gifts, we are all better Cardinal fans because of birds on the black, you are all better Cardinals fans. So to, to Cardinals gifts, as we enter Thanksgiving, um, the, the person outside of my family and my girlfriend and my girlfriend's son that I am most thankful for in my life. And it's been this way for years and years is Cardinals gifts, uh, to my man, I cannot tell you how thankful I am to you, how grateful I am to you, and uh, how how fortunate I feel to be a part of your life and your family's life uh, uh, over the years. To you, my friend, um, not only is Cardinals Nation better for you, but I have been made immensely better for you because of you over the years. So, so to you, I raised my cab salve and my white birds on the black mug that benefited minor leaguers that helped pay minor leaguers when they weren't getting paid anything at all. Uh, we raise our glass. I cannot begin to tell you, man, how fucking special you are, and I hope you never forget it. Uh, Graham, as we as we wrap this up, Graham says Mike Musakis was my first article. How funny is that? Kyle Eden says Cheers to Gifts. Tim Nikolai says Big Cheers Gifts. Gifts gives it right back because he's the fucking best. Thomas says, having watched Tyler O'Neill all the way back to the Jackson Generals, I would never say he was a slacker. As I recall, another player was thrown out of the plate the following night, a reoccurring theme. Yeah, but remember, that guy was quote unquote hustling. Yeah, he's not a slacker. They told him that they wanted that all offseason last year with Tyler O'Neill, they kept telling him the best best ability is availability. You don't have to go hardcore all the time. We need you available. We need you available. So when Ronald Acuna gets a ball that he's going to throw any runner out, at home on he kind of takes a weird turnaround third and everybody loses their fucking mind i'm with you shelton mysterio gives me the cheers shelton you asked some great questions tonight we had a gr- bunch of great questions cheers to kyle's meaty nips i'll flash those meaty nips babe i'll do it right oh I'm like, i'm gonna go on top right there there's some meaty nips for you to uh, the pad people for everybody at birds on the black everybody at prospects after dark uh sheiks zx uh z ed says cheers to kyle's meaty nips I love you. I love you, Zed. I love you, Shelton Mysterio, Grammy, Giftsy. I love all you guys. I hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving, whether they're with their family or not. Uh, find something that makes you happy and spend these next couple of days doing it. If it's masturbating or eating meat or being with family or playing video games, uh, do it. Have a great time. Happy Thanksgiving. For everybody at Birds in the Black, everybody at Prospects After Dark, I raise my glass. And that's it for a Giving episode. Of prospects after dark, um, I again, I I can't tell you how happy I am that we get to do this. I wish it was, uh, I wish it was easier to do during the season, but it's tough with all the gifting. Uh, and we'll continue to do it uh, once every week, once every ten days. We'll try to do it whenever whenever news breaks and I have free time. But uh, one last time for everybody at Birds on the Black, everybody at Prospects After Dark, for my brother Michael, for my brother Scott, for my brother Jim, for Ashley Crow and Leo Crow. For Cardinals gifts, friggin' cards, uh, uh, and all of the Cards family there. Uh, for the connections and families we've made over the years. Um, uh, for the Donovans, the Kisners, the, Yepesses, the Hellsleys, the uh, I mean, just countless families uh, that, that we've been able to be a part of. For the Richardson, uh, Hudson family. For uh, the Redmond family. For... Oh my God! Uh, Scott family for uh, for uh, the Wynn family, uh, Walker family for for everybody that's been able to, for the Cardinals front office that has watched this and talked about this over the years. Uh, we we raise our glass. We say Happy Thanksgiving. We say thank you for watching this to the resistance. And as always, family, as Gift says to another beautiful pad which I do not have a name for. Gifts uh, maybe the twenty twenty three Skanks Giving episode. Just to keep it easy, we say good night, happy hunting, and be happy sluts.